Welcome to Dungeons and Gamers, a monthly Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast about cool people rolling virtual dice and having good times. I'm Bryce, and I play the half orc ranger, Ergus Bog. And I'm Aaron. I play the wood elf bard, Cookie Kebler. I'm Beckers, and I play the human barbarian, Bear. I'm Matt, and I play the tiefling sorcerer, Morthos. I'm Darian, and I play the High Elf Rogue Belladonna. And I'm Katie Quixotic, and I play everyone else. Last time on Dungeons and Gamers. So, me and the short lady, the one with the bow, we went to go beat up some nerds. But when I was entering the arena, it didn't feel very good. And after that, everybody was looking at me. Maybe I had something on my face. Anyways... After that, I swung my sword at some people. I thought I lost it, but anyway, we beat the first people, and then the second people, and oh yeah, then my best friend, she gave me a lemon bar. That was sick. Then we fought some more people, and I pushed one of them into the fire. Anyways, we beat them all because we're better than them, and I'm pretty sure I'm due for a big fat steak. And that brings us to now. We come back to the sand, sort of settling at the end of your final combat. It ended with a almost puzzled or quizzical, certainly comical, unguard from Bella as she managed to stab uh, her combatant, her, her enemy, not an enemy, the opposing team, and they yielded. Um, people in the stands began cheering and grabbing each other and shaking them with excitement and several people immediately leapt to their feet and sort of filed out to head over to the table to receive their winnings however great or small they may be um, but there was this sense as you both you and bear kind of look around you where you've you've recognized that beyond them just being excited for your victory there's there's that sense of celebrity almost that comes with being recognized and it's not just that they're excited about the spectacle that they've witnessed but there's a certain uh, amount of admiration in several of their eyes as they look at what to them might be interesting figures to watch in the future there is a um an older human male has a a bit of a, a beard uh it's very well groomed but very gray uh as well as his hair kind of strides out into the middle and checks on the person who was stabbed, uh, ushers some some clerics over, and they rush over to begin administering healing magics to him and his partner. And he walks over between the two of you and grabs you by the wrists, each of you, and lifts your arms up into the air. And there's a, a little bit of uh, an arcane sort of flash near his throat as he announces to the crowd and we have the champions the group that will be collecting the winner's purse let us all call out the combatant that won the singles as well and there's a bit of a pause as somebody uh, strides forth from the side um, it, because you had the time the two of you and anyone else who was watching these interactions you had 
the opportunity to sort of scope out the competition or just like see who all was uh, there ahead of time. You would know this person to um, maybe not by name, but they seem to be uh, a cleric or definitely somebody who is magically inclined. But you're pretty certain that they're a cleric of some kind because they're both their armor and their um, like accoutrement or weaponry and such uh, is emblazoned with a particular symbol that seems very consistent uh, beyond just being a matching set. If you would like, anyone who's watching could definitely make a uh, perception and then a religion check to see if you can suss out the details of this armor and then determine if you know who they might worship, if anyone. Before we get into roles, I'm going to uh, real quick announce that it's been about two months since we last played. So <laughs> most of us will probably be pretty iffy on the specifics of what's uh, happened. So just uh, if you're listening, you're like that they weren't they didn't eat uh, hot dogs last time. Be like, we don't know what we ate. We, we, it was a month ago. <laughs> but you can absolutely feel free to tweet at me, Katie Quixotic, and tell me about any inconsistencies so that I can come up with a reason as to why they occurred later on, and I'll be sure to mention them in like <laughs> some later date. We've entered at a parallel time. universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're, we're, we're phasing between realities uh, due to each inconsistency. <laughs> Multiple timelines, you know. There's a lot of anxiety surrounding the day, which can cause you to forget certain details. Like perhaps you did go and grab a hot dog at one point, but then you scarfed it down because you were stress eating. And then you forgot that your lips were blue because you also <laughs> had like a rock candy later on. And that's why at one point you had a hot dog and one point you had a rock candy because like there's just a lot going on, you know. Uh, I feel yeah. like I, I feel like I am also legally required uh, for the audio listeners and possibly the vi- video listeners to point out that Beckers is holding a r- very large sword in real life. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the Buster Sword from Final Fantasy VII. I love it. Cookie rolled an eighteen in perception. Are you, are you still at the arena? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. she had been watching, and an eight in religion. Morthos is not perceptive enough. I'll just he's, he's, he wouldn't be paying attention. <laughs> he's too busy being proud of his friends. <laughs> that was we'll say. Bella rolled a five in <laughs> perception and a sixteen in religion. Bear rolled a seventeen in perception and an eleven in religion. What's she eating there? What are you eating there, Beckers? Lemon tart, pineapple. Oh yeah, definitely a lemon bar for sure. Lemon tart. Right, yeah, <laughs> whatever. Lemon bar. Lemon bar. Lemon bar. It was yellow and everything. She just got it, right? No, it was before the fight, wasn't it? Yep. I wasn't mm-hmm. there. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Bear had pocketed one at some <laughs> point. <laughs> I didn't have pockets solved like, for a few minutes ago. That's true, actually. Not any that you want to use later on, anyway. Oh. <laughs> <Are> you- <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. She went there, y'all. She went there. <laughs> Maybe I had like folds. <laughs> Could have been. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has a prison wallet. Stinky prison yep. <laughs> 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 wallet. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is going to be the longest episode ever. It is. Okay. okay. I love also, it. the oh. most explicit, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron's like, 
I'm cutting all of this out. <laughs> no, it's so funny. This is this is the this is the reason people listen. They're like, well, fuck this D and D thing. Let me hear, hear about per, per, uh, prison wallet. <laughs> prison wallets. <laughs> so, Cookie and Bear, you see this person um, striding towards you. Uh, well, towards Bear and Bella. They have emblazoned uh, on their armor and in a holy symbol around their neck. A beautiful woman with um, red painted hair in front of a sunburst. Bella, you aren't quite like, for whatever reason, either there's like a glint on the angle that you're standing at or you're just not paying as much attention to this person's armor as they're walking over. That's Those details don't really stand out to you. Neither of you really connect with what this represents. Um, so it doesn't ring a bell for you. But... One thing that the two of you notice is that this is a symbol that you've seen before. It's one of it's one of the more popular religions. Um, which one kind of escapes your mind at the moment? But there's something wrong. This is not the normal symbol. Either they've taken some sort of like creative liberties, or it it almost seems like the face, which usually is very like human and alive looking has almost like a distinctly like skeletal background to it. Like you can see the sharp edge of a jawline and you could almost see where teeth would be in like either the painting or the actual work of the armor itself. And it's a little jarring because, and that's probably why you're having trouble distinguishing like what this belongs to, because this particular combination of features isn't something that you're used to seeing. When they arrive closer, Bella, now that they're closer into view, um, being as familiar as you are with some of the more um, celebrated and popular deities, you do notice that the armor itself, the beautiful woman with the red hair, definitely reminds you of Sune, which um, is popular perhaps because she represents like love and fertility and beauty and things like that. And so it's really easy religion for people to fall into. Nothing strikes you as odd about it, though, upon your first glance. So while Cookie and Bear are noticing that there's something a little weird about it, Bella kind of takes it at face value, um, and but recognizes Sune. It takes you a little bit, and even while, like, when this older man starts beginning to, like, continue to talk about the proceedings is when it kind of, like, it connects for, for Cookie and for Bear that, you know, this looks like the deity that Roy followed, and... It looks like it's supposed to be Sunni, but there's just something off about it. You can't, neither of you can pinpoint what it is. It's bothersome because um, normally with like iconography for deities, it's pretty standard, or at least there are aspects of it that aren't changed. And for them to, behind the goddess of love and beauty and things like that, for them to have like these skeletal almost features, is just really, um, it doesn't seem like an artistic liberty as it does like seem kind of weird. So this person, uh, their name is announced as the the older uh, human who seems to be like taking over the announcing of the winners. They name them as Alatel. This person is human. They're probably in their mid-20s or so. They have very, very fair skin and the long, dark hair and dark eyes. They um, have their hair like sort of braided back. It looks like they have like had a moment to readjust after their last combat and their hair looks pretty well coiffed. Like they take care of it like you wouldn't have thought that they were recently in combat with anyone. So the announcer continues on to um, 
to name you both as individual um, champions in the singles and the doubles tournaments or the winner's purse. And they remark for the crowd who may have already known this or not that aside from the actual reward that you receive, you will be um, given a tour of the collection later. And this person also speaks up the collection to remind everyone present that who the collector is and what the sort of like theme behind the casino is, um, because that's usually something that draws a lot of interest that one of the the things that they might earn should they prove themselves in a tournament like this or uh, become a notable patron is that they might gain access to viewing some of the very unique and wondrous items that the collector has amassed over their time on this realm. Um, once that's all said and done, the person that was doing the announcing kind of um, dismisses you all and tells you that friend will follow up with you later. Now, Cookie, you would know who friend was. I don't think Bear would, um, but you know them as one of the the sort of like heads of staff. Um, and he kind of oversees all of the individual portions, at least to some degree. So you would be pretty familiar with who that is, even vaguely familiar just from your time there, but pretty familiar because he would have definitely stopped in the kitchens from time to time just to make various orders mm-hmm. or directions or what have you. Sure. And Bella would too. Cause met, yeah. we met yeah. him, but did we meet him by name? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You literally yes. were like in, he walked but up. You guys were like, in your right. disguises at the time. So right. yeah. Mm-hmm. Am I sweating right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's up to you. This person is not friend. They're just commenting that, that you'll be, speaking to them later, you were very confident in your disguise, making you not appear as yourself. Oh. So um, if if friends somehow noticed that you were the same person, um, then it would be because of a pretty amazing amount of perception. If I remember correctly, the disguise check was like a, a critical success for you. Yeah, so you, it was really good. Yeah, you made some very significant changes to your physical form that would have made it pretty difficult for somebody to look at and and them not to sound um, almost rude to say like, oh, you look like this person that I've met before when you looked so different from them. So um, so you're kind of dismissed and informed that, um, you know, stay stay here and friend will approach you when the time is right, because there seems to be just a little bit of scheduling issues going on inside and um, he's, he's handling a situation, but I'm sure he'll call on you when the time's right sort of thing. Um, a lot of people in the crowd seem eager to maybe approach you and talk to you. Whether or not you allow them to do that is up to you. In the meantime, um, Morthos, you were in the stands watching, correct? Yeah, hanging out okay. up top. Mm-hmm. Uh, waiting for the signal, I think, from Fergus, right, to uh, go... Put on my city guard uniform. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't uh, clear if I was going to do that on time or not. <laughs> I guess that's up to more though. <laughs> One thing that you uh, are able to notice because you are in thick of things in the crowd is that there's definitely that sort of, um, there's talk going on that is giving Bear and Bella um, a little bit of like a celebrity feel. Like not only were these interesting and and um, fun matches for them to watch, but the fact that they uh, almost consistently shut down their opponents so quickly and um, with relative ease that they the general buzz is that they hope that they see more because these were um, you know total shutouts and should somebody actually challenge them that would be a hell of a fight to see kind of thing going on. And Fergus, you are still over kind of inciting the picketers, yeah, correct? Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been kind of like bouncing between the uh, the picketers and the betting table. Uh, but mm-hmm. after, after uh, 
I I presume uh, I would have collected my winnings from this, and then I'd probably be like over over by by the picketers, getting getting them ready for like the the final charge. Mm-hmm. So, um, when the the obvious um, completion of these matches occurs, and you hear, you can tell because of the noise from the crowd, even though you can't directly see over like the seating area the entirety of the like com- combat combat ring you um it's pretty easy to tell that it's over and you can go easily and quickly collect your winnings you'll beat the crowd in most cases because um the surge of people will come from inside where they were watching as you are sort of like returning to the group of employees that are outside um picketing uh, and intend to resume your station there or to signal Morthos. You see Fren who had who had exited the front of the building to kind of survey the situation at one point earlier. He emerges again. And I think that you had seen you had been described who Fren was before by Bella, but I don't think you'd actually met this person before. So um so you know it to be friend because uh, they are. They have a, a big board. name tag that says, "I'm your friend." <laughs> Hello, F R E N friend. So not friend. Um, they're shaped like a friend, but not shaped like a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are a dragonborn, and they're wearing the violet garb, although um, not like a uniform matching anyone else. But they're wearing the same like color scheme that everyone who works for the Violet Scepter does. So this dragonborn who looks very frustrated um but like determined he's he appears to be on a mission um exits the front door and makes quick strides over to the group of picketers he doesn't look like aggressive as much as he looks determined and that's pretty easy to tell that you wouldn't even need to make a check for it he's like steeled himself and he's coming over to make a conversation so um he makes those few strides over and you think like he might also he might almost be using the cover of the completion of the tournament to approach them so that there aren't as many people sort of like paying attention to this spectacle as much as that spectacle um, as he kind of looks around him when he approaches and he stops a few feet away from the the group where it's generally assembled and says, and whom amongst you has led this um so initiative um can I uh, I actually, I, I came across a piece of information I was looking for uh, previously, and uh, and hopefully you'll let me kind of jump back to properly answer sure, that. Sure. I found a, a notebook with uh, pluses and minuses of gold uh, from when I think I was playing blackjack, and at the top mm-hmm. of it, it says Joseph, so I think that was the name of the dealer who like was the first one I recruited uh, for it. It was. Mm-hmm. So, uh while we're kind of waiting for the final uh, bout, um, I I was hoping I could kind of have a conversation with uh, Joseph, kind of kind of in the midst of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I go up to him and I'm like, uh, so how how are you feeling about this? Nervous, but it seems to be going well so far. Yeah. Um. I'll be honest. Uh, I'm going to need you to take charge here. I don't work for the uh, Violet Scepter, and these people need one of their own to lead. 
I'll I'll do the negotiations with the collector when the time comes, but I'm gonna need you to keep up the the uh, picketing. I'm gonna need you to to be the face while I go get the negotiations done. Do you do you think this is something you can do? He looks a little worried. Go ahead and make a persuasion check. Not because you're having to like talk him into it necessarily, but to see how well you can encourage him to believe in himself well enough to do it, kind of thing. Uh, a 20. Not that, nice. just uh, dirty. A dirty 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so he, he's looking very um, nervous, and when you start to kind of like pitch this idea that he's gonna have to take over, um, you can see that while um, he's kind of like nodding as if like the plan makes sense, the anxiety becomes very present on on his face. Um, but towards the end of you explaining why and reassuring him that you'll still help with the no- negotiations, he seems kind of like switching a little bit from anxious to like anxiously determined. Like there's definitely still that lack of confidence uh that that comes from not knowing how to handle a situation, um, but it seems like you have reassured him well enough that he feels like he can at least take over in terms of being like the voice um, initially. Um, but it looks like he'll very much want to lean on you when the time comes. And he's just kind of nodding. <sighs> okay, that yeah, that ma- that makes sense. I will do my best. What does being the leader mean if? If you, what do I need to do other than, well, what do I need to do? Um, you are going to be the face. You're going to need to keep your coworkers, you know, strong. Keep keep them together. Um, if anybody uh comes and 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 tries to harass you or or try and get get the group to break up, you're going to need to to stand strong. I mean, when. When I'm negotiating, you guys are still going to need to pick it. And I, I, I'm i going to lose all bargaining power if, if, if they can get you guys to break up while, while I'm, I'm down there. So you need to just stay, stay strong, be the voice, be the face, keep everybody together. Fergus kind of like looks at, looks at, um, Joseph, um, can, can kind of like, see that he he's uh, a little nervous and he he goes um if everything goes as planned you you shouldn't have to worry about uh deal dealing cards anymore we're we're gonna get everyone taken care of and if you can be a good leader for these people maybe maybe we'll have a place in the organization for you uh, when when uh, when this is all done. Okay. Okay. I think I can do that. And then uh, he just kind of like puts his hand on his shoulder kind of like reassuringly. You winning, son. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so yeah. At, always was. <laughs> so at, 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 at the point that that friend would be coming up, like Fergus, I think, has been trying to stay like mid of the pack of of the picketers so that like he's there in, in terms of the picketers know he's there but anybody looking outside ain't gonna pay him notice yeah that makes sense 
Um, you are the only half orc. Um, so there is a bit of um, like uniqueness to you. So people might take note of that. And you're also not in like the uniform. In general, you stand out amongst the rest of them who have on the violet clothing and such. But nobody's going to look and be like that guy. He's definitely the ringleader here. Yeah, and and also with the with the uh, event going on, I'm sure there's plenty of people coming and going. That yeah, that like yeah. oh, the, uh, clearly he's the, behind all this. It's like yeah, there's a lot of weird people here. Uh, I'm not someone who just turned into a, was a bear a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. So I think that like talk amongst town would probably not involve you at all. I'm thinking more like something that Fergus would definitely know is that the people who work here, um, obviously, like not not only amongst the picketers, but like the people at the betting table, they're going to um, like remember your face, perhaps as a notable figure, not only because of your winnings, but because you were um, if they were paying attention, you were in the area and you were the only one who obviously wasn't like a, a co-worker of theirs. No. So not to say that they absolutely will, but there is a chance, of course, that somebody might be like, well, there was this this one yeah. person that was with them or yeah. something. But it's not like they're like, oh, it's Fergus Bob yeah. or anything like that. So yeah, uh, yeah. Fer- Fer- Fergus is definitely aware of like, well, I do have a look. I'm not a nameless person. That's why he's been trying to like stay, stay in like out of sight as much as you can while trying to be a leader of a picket. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and you estimate just like it's not like people have that have been milling about and watching like the fights have like taken any particular interest in you. So yeah. like that that part of the that part of the plan seems to be going yeah. as well as you can anticipate it to. Um, yeah. So however long after that conversation has occurred and everything's going on, um, friend does approach and ask for who the sort of ringleader is, and um. Joseph will, he like, you can see his head almost start to turn as if he's going to like look to you for acknowledgement and he stops himself. Not acknowledgement, but like, you know, when you like, you're about to enact a plan with someone and you do that thing where you look at each other and you're like, all right, it's go time. He like starts to do that, but then he stops himself, like recognizing that he doesn't want to like look to anyone else. Um, And he kind of takes a step forward and like moves aside a few of the people who were standing between him and friend, a few of the, his coworkers. Um, and he doesn't really say anything at first. He almost kind of like stands and like, he seems like clenches fist once, not in like an aggressive way and kind of like a, all right, I'm here sort of way. And he just looks at friend for a second and says, I am. Why? Friend. Ah, Joseph, I perhaps should have assumed or guessed that you might be, um, one of the instigators here. We understand that uh, you are upset and have heard from some of your chanting, um, some of your, some of the reasons why you might be disgruntled. As you might imagine, today is a particularly bad day for us to sit down and try to engage in some sort of workplace negotiation. So um, the collector has himself been summoned so that he can accompany the winners of the the. What is, it, what is the name of the thing? The winner's, the winner's purse. Winner's purse. The winner's purse. The champions of the winner's purse. Yeah. So the, um, the purple purse. The purple purse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. I'm gonna call it the purple scepter at some point. I'm gonna hate you for it. <laughs> <laughs> it happened one time, and I was like, no, <laughs> you got me. Um, so, a friend says, the collector himself has been summoned so that he can accompany the champions of the winner's purse through their earned tour. He may not do that so that he can speak with you all, but it would be unlikely. 
What we can promise is that if you will return to your posts today, we can have this conversation at a less busy time. Joseph is standing there listening to him. And it's pretty obvious that he doesn't know like how to proceed from here. His capacity to like discern whether or not this is like a trick or not, because I think you've prepped him a little bit for this and like the conversations previously um, is is um, this is like new territory for him. Right. So you can kind of see him like mulling this over. Let me make a little roll for him. He kind of nods his head and says. That does make sense. He is busy, but. We did this, of course, so that it would be something he would pay attention to. Today seemed important. And he kind of like stops and. When would he? Um, I think like this would be an earshot of Fergus. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Unless you have like melted out the back and made your exit. <laughs> well, yeah. No, he's, he's definitely going to uh, stay nearby, especially if he spotted a friend, he, he definitely want to like get near the people. And, but with, with, with hearing that, like Fergus starts to kind of like slip out the, the back to kind of be less, less visible. But as he, he does that, he kind of like does quietly like a low, a, uh, a quiet chant of like, Hell no, we won't go. Trying to get like the other, other people to kind of uh, follow along without w- making his voice uh, the n- noticeable, like primary one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so he kind of tries to get that chant going. Uh, okay. In response. Go ahead and make uh, another persuasion check. Eleven. Uh, does your boy have inspiration? Uh, That's a good question. I don't have. Uh, the thing uh, you have a good rapport with these people though so um you you kind of you say you're starting to because uh, i i have my point of lock and i'm like mm, i could use that you here. do have a point of lock yeah well remind remind me how the point of luck works is that just a, a sh- it's a re-roll yeah re-roll will take the highest mm-hmm. but um as you're sort of like stepping away and you're quietly saying this, a few people kind of like look over and they look a little like quizzically at you, knowing that you were somebody that was here supporting them. But but one person seems to catch on. Um, this, this wasn't a high DC because you've established a rapport with these people. So one person kind of is like, yeah, no, that's that's the attitude we need to have, right? And they start chanting, and they they of course are being loud with the um, boisterous with it. So uh, also, I think when I I think as I back up, I also kind of like once I re- reach the back, I kind of like try and gently push the people at the back forward, almost almost kind of going like you know, hey, no, you're trying to get us to leave. We're actually gonna move forward on you. Like like the the people the people in the back are are not doing it on purpose, but I'm kind of like pushing them just a little bit to that like yeah. everyone's gonna be like oh i guess we're moving forward well and now we're chanting i, I guess this is happening <laughs> moving forward would be moving towards the violet scepter itself yeah just as a point of note okay yeah that's right, yeah that's fine. the idea like they, they want that okay which i i guess like going back to work but it's i i think i think the idea is more that they want them to disperse and and mm. and my thought is like hey we're gonna become more of a roadblock a, a unit, right? Gotcha. So Joseph starts to um, 
he, he's communicating with Fred and he is kind of expressing that that seems like a reasonable thing to do would be to, um, you know, I've got the attention, let's schedule the meeting. And then if it has to happen tomorrow, because he's dealing with the, the winners and, you know, everybody knows the collection is important, um, then that's fine. But then the, the person who, who started taking up the chant that you were trying to lead them into um, is able to get a few of the others to start chanting with them. It seems like there's, they're kind of getting split at this point as Joseph is like, oh, well, that seems reasonable. And then the couple of people who, who felt encouraged by what you were doing start chanting like, no, that's a terrible idea. But it doesn't seem to spread like unanimously throughout the lot of them because some people are kind of leaning more towards the, well, it makes sense to have the conversation tomorrow. We've, we've got our meeting is what we wanted and we'll go from here. And then a the, few uh, more people seem more leaning towards the, no, we can't go back until they've like met our demands kind of thing. So this is the point at which it kind of looks like it starts to fracture as you're pushing them forward. And a few people seem like they're being spurned to like regroup and um, like take up the chanting again or to, to remain outside. And the rest of them seem like they're almost ready to follow Joseph back inside to go back to work. Okay, so jo- and that's kind of what's happening. So, at so, so Joseph... Definitely seems like he's he's uh, caving. Um, I don't know if caving would be the correct word. So basically, like friend made an argument that seemed very reasonable mm. to him. And his reading of friend told him like, oh, this seems like the right thing to do. And since everyone behind him and he's like taking notice of the few people who like started to like take up a chance again. But standing there leading like a group of people who haven't had a whole lot of planning and there's like a few dissenters, but other people seem fine with the idea of um, of like going back. Now we got our meeting. We're fine. Um, He's he hasn't changed what he said, but it doesn't seem like he's like cowing to them. It seems like he thinks like this is success, right? Like, okay, we've got a meeting. We just have to do it tomorrow. And this makes sense. Does that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get uh, I'm just trying to um He looks in fact satisfied rather than cowed. Oh. He's like, All right, we did it. Like it's kind of where he like the expression that he has that what you can glean as you're kind of like moving away. Um I, I yeah, I, I I would want to make it clear that I'm not like exiting the group, I'm just at the back. I want to be as far away from friend as as yeah, I, yeah, as yeah. I can get while still supporting the the mm-hmm. group. Uh can I see Cookie uh nearby? What have you done in the minutes following the like announcement of Baron Bella's success? I feel like Cookie definitely did a little bit of celebration of herself in the in the stands. She probably did a little dance and (laughs) was really happy to see them win. And um, she would probably make her way back into. Well, yeah, I was like. Out of curiosity, would you have given friend the spiked food already? Bryce, it's friend. friend. There's no D. <laughs> friend? I tried to be I friend. tried to send F-R-E-N. you a private message so I didn't have to be a bitch, but he said it again <laughs> immediately after. Like, no. <laughs> I can't handle this. They sounded identical to me when she said them, so Oh, we were calling him friend. 
for like two yeah. episodes, so it's <laughs> it, we're 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 fine. <laughs> Which is funny though, because somebody walking up to you and being like, "Listen, friend," it isn't exactly like uncommon way to address people. So I was gonna let it ride as like a moment where he kept consistently said the name wrong, oh. and then if you mm-hmm. ever did have to approach him, he would have stopped and been like. That's not my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Frigus is just calling everybody the wrong name. Anything with this casino is like, it's the Purple Scepter. Your name's Friend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, the idea that like, it's just not important enough information to him to like, really like hold on to. So he just keeps forgetting all the time. <laughs> but um, I think uh, she would like bask a little bit and be really happy for um bear and bella and then she would probably start making her way back into the casino because she needs a flood of bathroom yeah yeah would you yeah so on the subsequent moments like minutes following like the announcements and everything as the as friend has come out started to approach them um you would probably be like in the very beginning stages of like leaving the stands and heading back towards the main entrance Fergus is gonna kind of like gesture at her um and and just kind of uh <laughs> kind of like i don't know like gesture like a, i think i think like a fist uh type uh deal and then like kind of like point at his mouth uh tr- I'm, I'm like trying to like figure out like how do you like represent like a lemon bar or what like the thing that she uses the inspiration <laughs> um like give give me that <laughs> i love this i need um, some help <laughs> So go ahead and make a perception check. Okay. Um, cookie. Yeah, I was about to say, will she notice? Yeah. Cookie got a 13. I'd say you notice Fergus gesturing at you and he's got his hand up in the air and it's like making a fist and he's pointing at his mouth. Punch him in the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) So what he means is kind of like, it's like you want to eat? Is he choking? <laughs> I mean, hungry? Hungry? If, if I want to eat, that would be your food, so that I feel like that did the job. Mm-hmm. That That's a thought, yeah. It can make, maybe he's hungry or something, but he's mm-hmm. standing over there by the picketers, which you know is where he's I like, think mm-hmm. I also have a worried look on my face while I do it. Yeah, that's fair. I'm suddenly really hungry. <laughs> yeah. Can you do the gesture again? It's just the, like, a, a, like fist, and then... Ah. <laughs> it got uh. better somehow <laughs> well um cookie always has a little bit of a of a snack on her even though she cookie did is a snack give, <laughs> even though she did already give um bear a lemon bar i'm sure she still has one or two like two or three still I, in I her think pocket you have three lemon bars a day <laughs> <laughs> Just have him on hand. So I think she'll just be like, well, I guess I'll just toss him this and go from there because he wants something to eat. (laughs) Lemon bar printer go burr. (laughs) (laughs) I do love the idea that like, you know that you regularly bake these, especially because they're like bear's favorites. And so you've just gotten into the habit of it. But sometimes you're like, I do still have three more. I wonder when's the last time I made these? They still smell fresh. Like, that they just kind of, like, appear almost. <laughs> like, you just either are baking them so often or this is just part of your natural magic that you, like, will into existence lemon bars yeah. without realizing well, that you've done it. I kind of wonder, you know her um, bag of holding that she has? 
that mm-hmm. um supposed to like keep things at their temperatures like does that count for like their freshness too I, yeah i think you mm-hmm. i think i think when she described it she says it keeps it fresh yeah it's like i don't remember yeah. the, the freshness but i remember the temperature specifically that it does keep yeah. that so the intention is elongating the freshness of it being like freshly cooked or freshly baked so as opposed mm-hmm. to having like like we we in real life have a, a place locally. It's like a, a small chain called Tiff Streets, where their whole deal, their shtick, is that the the cookies come still warm from the oven. So they bake them; they're warm. They put them in these like uh, in like foil lined uh, boxes that keep them warm, and they get them to you quickly. So you get fresh out of the oven cookies. They've obviously like aren't quite quite fresh, but they do still arrive as like warm cookies and they they'll bring milk and stuff too so it's very much like a warm cookie sort of treat that people will get for offices all the time so i think that this is like that but a step better where it's literally like you bake it you take it out of the oven it's got that very fresh baked warmth to it and you put it in the bag and it's literally when you pull it out it's still like fresh baked warmth for an extended period of time sure it's kind of like the the idea of that Mm -hmm. all right so cookie will um i don't know if she should try and throw it or try and just kind of get close and like toss it and like hand it or what because i'm sure she doesn't want to i feel like a subtle pass while walking by is is less less noticeable than like instead of (laughs) across the parking lot quarterback yeah but i'm I'm picturing like yeah slow motion drop back toss it it's spinning (laughs) spinning it's close up on it we don't know where it's actually headed what is the and then it hits someone else completely <laughs> off the mark oh, this is good who made this bear comes running out of nowhere and just like grabs it you know it actually goes into friend's mouth yeah and now friend is really nailing it they're they're breaking up they're, okay like, we're never um, gonna pivot pick. we're like, union's dead Yep. <laughs> so I think Cookie will, um, she'll be just really confused and be like, okay, I guess I'll give you something and try and hand it to Fergus then. Okay. Yeah, you can easily walk over and hand it to him. If you want to be a little inconspicuous about it, then you could just do like a stealth um, as like an urban stealth. Like how inconspicuous can you be as you kind of just yeah. like jaunt over there and it's hand like it Cookie off? Cookie is small and there is a crowd. So I feel like yeah. she could do all right. But I'll still do a little, I'll do a stealth thing. If you critical fail, yeah. everyone's going to think you're passing him drugs or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's a reasonable thing. It's like, yeah, you're short. You don't have a bear following you right now. <laughs> you, you know, you're in the uniform. So you standing next to this group isn't necessarily the most notable thing mm-hmm. because you look like you belong with people mm-hmm. who might be picketing who were workers or whatever but it's more just like how smooth can this be where like not even the other employees might not mm-hmm. even have noticed that you kind of like popped over will this be stealth or sleight of hand which one's higher i could say either one um well they're both the same so oh probably sleight of hand <laughs> which one's higher <laughs> i'll do stealth because i actually did sleight of hand for bears um checks so i'll do stealth this time okay uh 13 for stealth Okay. Yeah. So you know, there's there are people moving about, and there's a a crowd around the like, bedding table and all that. And as you're you're exiting, you can kind of like easily weave your way over and just kind of like slyly hand that off, and kind of like weave back into the groups of people that are still heading inside. Because a lot of people, 
there there are still a few tables open and like the slot machines are still open. And so there are still people going in and gambling just normally. And so you can kind of like weave back in and out of the crowd without people really taking it. Think, I think as she hands the treat to Fergus, he like quickly uh, kind of tries to like lean in and go, get rid of Fred. <laughs> he wasn't even, he didn't even want the lemon bar. No, I mean, I, I need, I, I, I need the lemon bar to try and inspire these people, but it's also like, hey, she might be able to like get rid of him, and then and then and then like then to go that conversation ends. So it's like a it's a twofer. And then Cookie's just gonna stare like, what the? How do I do that? <laughs> Could like, go blow up the bathrooms. <laughs> does she look freaked when when? When you say that, when I when I say that, yes, Fergus, Fergus like sees that, and then he he just kind of like hands her the bar back, kind of like you might need this then. Bards <laughs> can't inspire themselves. Oh, you can't. So. Okay, then no. then that doesn't happen. Only if you're a lore bard. Uh, Wait, what kind of bard are you? Glamour. Cooker, Glamour. Cookie bard. Yeah, she's her own thing. Yeah, but if not a if not a lore bard, then yeah, you can't add your own inspiration to your own checks, unfortunately. Okay, then. But I think bards are just always kind of inspired by themselves, which is yeah. why they get jack of all trades. <laughs> she's got a proficiency yeah. to everything. Yeah, and then that case, uh, Fergus uh, eat, quickly eats the uh, the bar as as they uh, as, as she as they communicate that. And I think he just watches Cookie for a second to see what she's going to do before he makes his next move. Cookie doesn't know what to do and just kind of walks away. Just kind of <laughs> slinks away. She's like, okay. <laughs> well, okay. Guess- so you're just kind of like standing here. Then um, Fergus, Fergus kind of makes like the food deal again. The, the simple he did for food. <laughs> And then he kind of like points towards uh, Fred. We should have come up with some like hand signs before mm, we did this combination. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- this means food. <laughs> that means make him shit well, himself. Well, we know how that went with the whole gambling situation with yeah. Morthos and their hand signs. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. <laughs> when I'm like, did he just tell her to fold? She's going to win, though. <laughs> <laughs> Bella knew what he meant. Yes. <laughs> like Matt just didn't know. But yeah, anyway. No, I have no idea. But also I think that translates well. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do. Then Fergus is just going to try and like there he he kinda was letting the other people chant, but he he's like, okay, fuck it, they're not they're they're not feeling it on their own and he's gonna like do a proper loudness and stuff and and uh and and chant as well uh he's gonna like pick up one of the the signs and 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 wave it um high high and stuff uh you want persuasion yeah mm-hmm. uh six sixteen i'm gonna i'm gonna throw that inspiration what the d six one d six okay yep <laughs> is a one who is the one okay. that was a very uninspiring? <laughs> hey, Cookie was like the one that's uninspiring. I'm confused Oof. here. This is, this is one of the bear. This is the bear one. What did you? <laughs> Why did you want bear's bar? Yeah. 
so um so you pick up one of the signs um or grab one from someone um i don't know if anybody's discarded any but yeah so you you take up a sign and um start kind of like leading like the group of people who who seem to kind of be like accepting this offer into starting to chant again they seem less sure now than they did before they'll start to kind of like they're doing the chanting but instead of like yelling about it like they were before or whatever it's more like them all kind of standing around and saying it um and joseph kind of stops and turns around and looks at all of them and is like no oh uh no (laughs) we have to talk about it now we can't go back until we do it, until we talk about it. And friends starts to look uh, annoyed at them. Um, so is your intention to force them into a meeting today? Um, or are you going I, to... I want this distraction to last the okay. length of the heist. I don't want an, okay. I don't want an actual meeting, which I, I didn't think the collector would do that. Although, to be fair, if he's sitting there waiting for a meeting, like, where... Is there a negotiator that takes them out of play for, for that does, that's true so so um, but either way like he wants this to continue for the length of the heist okay so um so it does seem like they are now like rejecting the idea of that um friend starts to look annoyed and he leans over and he begins to talk to not like leans over super close but he looks to um Joseph and begins addressing him in a tone that's more um that's just quiet enough that the two of them can hear it but um especially over the rest of them all chanting together you can't make out what they're saying and in fact even the people immediately behind him probably couldn't because it looks like he's doing one of those things where he like slightly leans forward and is talking directly to that person in a tone that only they could like in a level that only they could hear um they they continue talking for some time joseph looks unsure of his responses but he doesn't seem to be like following him back inside and this will go on for a few minutes um and if if there's nothing further then friend will eventually turn around and go back inside unless you're going to instigate something else further fergus isn't going to do anything okay but he 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 is very expectantly looking over at cookie this entire time (laughs) Friend does eventually leave, but it takes several minutes. Um, I feel as if Cookie already like slunked her way back because she didn't know what to do. Yeah, so she's probably like, like, "I signed up for this. This was a part of the description of my like. I don't know what to do here. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like I have a bathroom to flood. (laughs) I mean that that might at least get his attention pulled. Yeah. Uh, So. Bella and Bear, you've been informed that um, you'll essentially be summoned and to stay in the area. They would prefer that you like enter into the Violet Scepter and then stay in sort of like the the outer like kind of commons area, like the lobby. Um, and that's where they'll look for you first. But if not there, then in this general area. But if you're not present when they come looking for you, then you'll just lose your opportunity to visit the collection. So those wow. are the instructions that you have been given. Alatel, um, who had been introduced by the this like announcer person, um, they when you're all given this information, they kind of just like nod and they they turn and begin walking towards the the front door, essentially, um, not really acknowledging y'all. It's not like a rude thing. It's more just like a okay, that's what I'm here for. I want my reward, and they start heading that general direction. You're all kind of like 
left to your own devices at this moment. There's no like time constraints. There's not like a tournament you need to be to or whatever, like you're waiting on signals, et cetera, et cetera. So you all let me know what the next step is in enacting your plan. I know there are a few things that need to happen, but you should let me know the order in which you plan to enact them. Uh, well, I definitely want to have a conversation with Joseph after after friend's gone. Okay. As soon as uh, friend kind of like walks out of sight, uh, Fergus like gives it a beat and then he like walks right behind uh, uh, Joseph and he's like, so how do you think that went? But getting a meeting with them tomorrow seemed really reasonable, and I'm not sure why no one was okay with that. He's like, do you want them to have what they want, or do you want to have what you want? Um, I guess that depends on what they want. Well, you've seen what they want. You've worked here. You know what they want to give you. And has that been going well? No. Well, then how about we try and take what you want? If you give them what they want, they're going to only give you what they want to give, and you clearly don't want that, or else we wouldn't be here right now. Well, we can't steal from them. Well, we're not... We're going... Can't just take money. we're, We're going to make them give us what you deserve. And and Fergus kind of looks at him. He's like he's like visibly ticked off by the like he he trusted Joseph to kind of handle this, and he and he like could clearly tell that he was he was like buckling to the pressure and and a point that it like really seemed like the, the whole thing was. Make an insight check. Nineteen. It didn't look like he was buckling. It looked like. The, the plan that he had in his mind was like they were supposed to do this and annoy them enough to come out and want to make a negotiation with them. They got the meeting that they were supposed to get so that they could make their negotiations. And he was like, OK, all right, we've got a meeting scheduled for tomorrow. That's that's the, so we'll go finish out the day and then we'll have this meeting tomorrow. He looked pleased and he looked really satisfied okay. and he's really confused as to why, like, no one was okay with this all of a sudden. And even when you start to kind of like talk him through this, like you've done something wrong, he's kind of like, I, I thought this is what this is what we wanted was the meeting. It, it, it wasn't so much that he was kind of like yeah. succumbing to friends deals. It was it was more of a like, I, I don't understand how negotiations are yeah, best. he didn't understand that. Like when you're like a union, you're trying to form a union, you you're um like the demands have to be agreed upon first or you lose like your bargaining yeah. chip. Like he thought that like, okay, well we've got the meeting scheduled, which is more than we would ever have gotten before. And that seems like the next step. So cool. Like he, he, he thought everything was going like according to plan. Okay. And then all of a sudden no one's okay with the plan. And then he gets really confused and it's like, <laughs> okay. But, but then when everybody started doing the like, no, we're not going in. And he kind of picked up on that and changed his mind. The conversation that he had with friend made friend look really frustrated and walked away. Okay. And so it didn't seem like he was caving at all. He's just like wildly confused as to why, like that he thought that things were going to according to plan, but currently he had like the wrong idea with the plan. Okay. Okay. That, that helps, uh, uh, decide how, how I'm kind of talking. Yeah. Talking yeah. to him. Yeah. Is, yeah. I, I, I figured it was like he was backing down. Um, mm-hmm, yeah. Fergus go 
look looks at um Joseph and he goes what what do you want out of life Joseph <laughs> Katie's like god I didn't uh, he's a fucking dealer I didn't write a backstory <laughs> he's not a dealer He's a card dealer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dealer. Hey, though. Hey, easy. Maybe oh, wow. that's his side gig. <laughs> On this, I I want to grow up one day to deal with drugs, but it, it never works out. <laughs> I don't even know where to get drugs. <laughs> so you ask this question, and he looks a little like taken aback. Like I didn't know we were in the middle of like a philosophy exercise here, right? And Joseph, so you're he's my kind son. of like, I I, I yeah. really should have opened with that. You're my son. Are you winning, son? <laughs> You're my son now, and I need to teach you some life lessons. So um, he, he kind of has that taking it back sort of look. People behind her are still chanting, by the way. Like, there's there again, they've stopped, like, yelling it. It's more of, like, uh, like a, a little bit of, like, a boisterous, like, speaking level volume. But this is still going on behind Good. you. Uh, and, and he's like, uh, I guess I want to uh, buy a house in the country and have a family. I I don't know. I haven't really settled on a lot of that yet. How tall is Joseph? Um, he's like average um, human like height for like a mask coated person, like 5'8 ish. Okay, so Frigus, Frigus like lowers himself uh, down a little bit. Yeah, you tower over yeah. him. So yeah, uh, too. Kind of like I, I'm not I'm not Morthos height, but I am I am taller than yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, he he gets uh, lower to kind of uh, t- come down uh, to Joseph's level, and he's like, "All I need for you is to keep this going until you get the signal that we won, and whatever they tell you, whatever they do, if they bring out guards. You hold strong. If they come, say sweet things." You hold strong. Because tomorrow is going to be a brighter day for you. And that's all going to come down to if you can hold strong. If they bring out an army and say, get back to work, you hold strong and you tell them no. Until we win. And... He uh, looks at him and goes, "What are you making a week right now, as as working here?" Five gold. Fergus uh, pulls out ten gold from his uh, bag of of winnings, and he goes and he he like uh, op- uh, opens up uh, Joseph's hand and and gently places it down there and, and goes, "Here's a down payment on a better life," and. Uh, he goes hopefully I can count on you to make sure all these people can get it and and he uh, he closes up uh, Joseph's hand and he kind of like looks at him for like acknowledgement <laughs> so how do I know we've won if winning isn't getting them to talk to us so that we can negotiate I uh, I will tell you when we've won. When you when you see me give a thumbs up, we won. You did it. Okay. 
and 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 uh Frigus uh nods and he goes, So I can count on you? And then and then he kind of like smiles almost like nervously and 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 he goes that's good because it's about to get a lot harder oh you can, well, you can I... cut away to someone else now <laughs> is okay. joseph like starting to question what the deal is with fergus because like <laughs> is he like is stealing. he like starting to be Why like am steal? i being yeah i got bribed i got like I'm just an I'm an honest union man. This is, this is how we do it. So I'm an honest union man. Okay, listen here, you. <laughs> he's looked confused on various like points in this conversation. Um, he doesn't look like he's outright like stopping to question him, but like you close your hand around the gold, and as you're talking, he kind of glances to everyone else around him, and he like starts handing off the pieces of gold individually. Uh, because you've already instilled in him, or you can surmise, you've already instilled in him this, like, thought of, like, collective good, right? And so, like, how, why would he take this when it would only benefit him when they're, like, all in this together? And so, like, as you're ending the conversation, he starts, like, handing that out, and you're like, this is about to get a lot worse, and I guess that's where we'll end that (laughs) conversation. So what comes next? Why are we ending that portion of the conversation? Oh, I, I... I mean, I'll, I'll jump back to the explanation, but I figured someone else could yeah. say what they're going to do. Yeah, no, that's what I'm asking is like, uh, like what's happening next? Are we blowing up the bathrooms? Are we like, are you giving the signal? Like where, where what's the next sequence of events? So we're in a unique sort of portion of this where like you are all kind of in control of the flow of things because instead of reacting to the environment, you are the ones creating the action, if that makes sense. So you have to tell me what you're doing so that I can tell you what the world does around you. Well, so I think that's a really good like moment to pivot from to go to somebody else to like cause whatever next hubbub is going to happen. I just need to know where y'all want to move to. Yeah. I assume probably blowing up the bathroom. For, for, for I guess wouldn't have given Morthos a signal yet. So whatever Morthos wants okay. to do in, in between anybody else, they, they know their role. So I guess, yeah, has time or... Does time elapse between the end of the tournament? Like, because Morthos is just in the stands. Like, I'm just hanging out <laughs> waiting. So, like, yeah. am I just waiting and he's people the only one it out? Stand. Or is people it like picking up garbage around him? And he's like, what is the timing yet. of the signal? Yeah. Is it yeah. going to be like, or, or do I have time to just go do something now? Or, is it, you know. I don't know if you all discussed how long. Like when the signal would be, like if there was a duration, I think you just discussed that there would be one. Okay. So um, so the tournament ends, the announcing like gives everyone the information that I mentioned earlier about them being the champions and that what their winnings will be essentially. Um, there, there are people that file out to go collect their winnings. And then there are some people that are just kind of like hanging around and watching Bella and Bear since Alatel has now exited um, to see like, like the, it's like the spectacle they're enjoying of it. And anytime there's somebody with like a moderate celebrity status, there's always those people that are just going to kind of stand around and watch and see like what they do next. Bear is continually flexing. <laughs> and there are people that are obviously like super like, hell yeah, look at that. Like this person's awesome. Has Bella mm-hmm. had a conversation with Bear about what ha- has gone down at all? 
<laughs> no, nobody's no. No one, no one at any point. No one was has like, addressed this yet. <laughs> yeah, what, anyone. I wonder if anybody should ask Bear what's going. on. Ah, whatever. I'm sure this. Well, we have had time. Every, I'm sure everybody That's else knew thing. that Bear was human. <laughs> well, and I think if I remember correctly, there was that sort of thing where like Bella watched it happen and was like, "All right, we'll talk about this later." Yeah, <laughs> because oh. like they're in the middle of a tournament, and if in the middle of all of this and in front of everybody, all of a sudden one of them is like, "You're a human," then I think it would probably like. Yeah. I guess like um, there was you know, a time. That was between rounds when like other people fought so i guess we probably would have talked about it me and bella at least you could have yeah now um if you wanted to have that conversation like out in the open with people around you definitely could have otherwise you could have tried to like you would know like about what time you were scheduled to be back so you could have like left and had a conversation in somewhere that's a little bit more like secluded or whatever it's totally up to you in fact if you all want to have a conversation about what happened actually (laughs) unless Bear is going to initiate that conversation. Bella's just going to assume that she missed getting the down low on that because she kind of joined the party late. So she she sure. was probably like, oh, or no, she definitely was like, oh, maybe this is just something they didn't bother to tell me. And they just kind of knew like Bella wouldn't ask questions about that. OK, yeah. And Bear doesn't like. No, really, she's just like. There. So that conversation isn't a thing that's going to happen because, yeah, Bella's not going to like start pressing for shit. Like she's just going to assume, oh yeah, Cookie was in on that. So like that might be a conversation with the group later. But as oh, far as Bella knows, this is intended. This is what was supposed to happen. She just wasn't informed. <laughs> she's mm. like, well, that would have been fucking nice for somebody. To yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all right, thanks a lot. Oh, okay. Whatever. I guess I'm fighting in this tournament with this person yeah. I don't know anything about. <laughs> <laughs> I was a bear. Sword. Okay. <laughs> no longer bear. All right. Okay. It is what it is, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as far as I know, then the next steps that we have in the plan, they've been instructed to kind of like wait to be summoned. And um, we know that there's going to be a toilet explosion. And um, we know that then like you guys are going to change into a toilet explosion. Like literally though, this time, not like that's not like a euphemism. In, um, in fact, speaking of, so one thing to, to note for Cookie then, because you kind of were like, what do you want me to do about this? And just like, just like went back inside. Like, no, mm-hmm. this isn't my area of expertise. You notice when you go in um, the general panic that's going on amongst like the staff inside, like, um, the host isn't at his post for the the cafe and is kind of like darting around between um, the the place where like the chips are distributed and the actual floor of the um, the casino itself and um, also like the kitchen area or like the cafe area itself. He doesn't actually go back into the kitchens, but it's like you walk in and back in, and the first thing you see is like the host, like just like speed walking out of the host area and heading towards like the the um the casino floor because you know like you passed out these streets and they were intended to have a certain effect on people um you notice that several of the people that were posted in strategic places prior to like in the morning are no longer at their posts like why that's occurred you have like an idea maybe as to why that's occurred but um that's something that you notice as you walk back in Mm. so well, I think she's just going to try and get to that restroom and read the scroll. Okay. Well, were you going to give people the treats before the 
bath them or she already did. Oh, yeah. Okay. She okay. Already, yeah, yeah. She that. passed them out before, like in the morning. Okay. Yeah. Because she knew it was going to take a while for them to kick oh, in. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of more of like the way that she made these because Cookie didn't want to hurt people. Um. So the way that she made these was basically like one of those like natural vegetable laxative kind of things where like, as opposed to making them like suddenly violently ill, it's going to like kick in over time so that a doesn't like trace back to her and B they're not like horribly impacted. They just have like a, a need, <laughs> a need to use their facilities. My, my, my body is funky. The normal food just m- makes me have to use the bathroom after like, half an hour so i figured anything with diuretic you'd be there in two minutes <laughs> no yeah, it, it definitely depends on the person but this is more of like a slow process that's going to hit them suddenly but not cause like explosive distress <laughs> okay so you can make your way into um that the the goal was to hit basically like the main sort of like public bathroom that would have been like the biggest one right well so the one closest chaos. to the collection specifically Oh, that's right. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's there's obviously those are, there are facilities that are in that sort of like main room so you can mm-hmm. totally head in there um, and enact your plans. Do are they um gender specific bathrooms or are they all like all gender bathrooms? They are all gender. All bathrooms. gender. Okay. That I was about to say it's like how are you supposed to pick which one to do? Mm-hmm. But that makes it a lot easier. So it's it's less like there's two that's intended to be like like separated that way and more like they've just they had space on both sides and they mm-hmm. wanted to have a lot in there so that people could do their business and not sure. there not be like lines or anything like sure. that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Does everybody just have a sword now? Okay. Hold on one second. I can I mean, I have, an act. I have I have two swords elsewhere, but I didn't know where they were. Oh we gotta oh. We're, we're doing this. <laughs> Now, now we got we got some keyblades in play. Yeah. Got three keyblades now. Yeah, I want to say that the convention where I bought this, I carried it around for a whole day. Then, obviously, and I had a big bruise on my shoulder from doing this. She did I after I bought it. That's where we it's got heavy. It's too. like, yeah. Oh look, it's keying out. I should weigh it. Ooh. I want to say it's probably like forty pounds. I debated whether to grab my ukulele or to grab the sword, but I thought the sword would be funny. It's like a light up medieval time sword. <laughs> that is funny. Middle medieval times in space. Too late. Yeah, looking for that Kylo Ren money, but without without <laughs> pissing off Disney. Mm-hmm. Medieval times in space. Long, long time ago. Anyway, <laughs> Cookie will make her way to the bathrooms that are closest to the collection all right easy enough to do you notice as you're making your way that there's like a general hubbub there are a lot of people like milling about and looking confused as to why not all the tables are open the slot machines are very busy um the couple of tables that are open have like large crowds gathered around them as people are like waiting their turns to play and things like that and several of the staff members who would have been taking strategic positions to watch on such a busy day are definitely missing from their posts. Mm. You do see that one of the bathrooms looks like it's pretty busy, um, but it seems like for the number of people that are missing, they've probably tried to like go back and use like the staff bathrooms or have like whatever in the meantime. Um, But one of them does look pretty busy. Mm. The other one looks like moderately busy. Like, not everyone who is like potentially having this urgent need is using exactly these bathrooms. Okay. And you surmise that they probably were instructed by friend not to like 
completely hold up the the bathrooms in like the public area because like the people inside need to use them too. Sure. Okay. I think what she'll do is she'll go in, find a stall, pull the um, scroll out, read what she has to do, and then try and get out of there as fast as possible. Because <laughs> what she's okay. going to do, I see it. Um, what's going to happen is that the toilets are just going to start flooding profusely. Yeah, it's going to be really And she's going to feel so bad for the people that are in there using them. So, wait, so you, you didn't... Uh, I guess if it was really busy, there wouldn't be a time that yeah. it was empty. Right. It's not really a downtime. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, you're able to make your way in. There's, oh, like, a little man. bit of a line. Um, So do you wait for that to go, or do you, like, make an excuse to, like, hop in ahead of someone? Um, She would probably wait. Okay. So you get in line, and it doesn't take, like, super long um, as people are kind of, like, going in. You can tell that there are a couple of people who, um, like, are in this, their particular cells for a long time, and you imagine that those are probably um, some of the poopers. people who are, would, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of the poopers. <laughs> um, but uh, it only takes a few few minutes, and um, it's, like, cycles through enough that you're able to take a stall. Luckily, this one is on, like, the far end, too, so you're not, like, in the middle of everything, um, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can kind of, it is the furthest away from the exit, but it's, like, also not right in the middle can, of mm-hmm. can, can she target where the water is created? Um, That's I a good question. Believe, let me see here. I pictured stadium bathrooms after you. I really realized that that is the exact scenario that's happening, and just that is so unfortunate and so yeah. disgusting. Yeah, but also there's no like there's no like modern plumbing here. So while there is a little bit, it's definitely more like the sort of like chamber bot situation where what's going to happen is there's just like a vat under there that gets emptied periodically, and that's all just going to all swell up. They, and come out. they have slot machines, but they haven't figured out. Ba- uh, toilets. Oh well, so a they're slot machine works. is like an individual machine that can be. Yeah, they're like clockwork. Clock- so it's an individual machine that can be constructed, but plumbing has to be done throughout the building, and then it has to have a place to go. So it's just a septic tank. Yeah. So as opposed to having like a city with a full um, like plumbing sewer system that's intricate enough to have like running water and working toilets, they have like a septic tank. They just, just got a solution. Uh, pipe that runs through the ocean (laughs) (laughs) well okay so you you create up to 10 gallons of clean water within range in an open container alternately the water falls as rain okay so you want to create the water Mm -hmm. um the range can be 30 feet from where you are okay see i my thought is that like I th- I think Aaron's seen it as like oh I'll do it where I am but I like the idea of her her casting it so it actually filled up underneath a pooper <laughs> like the water just started rising underneath like a bidet <laughs> but like super powered yeah they're like uh this feels oh oh no <laughs> yeah the way I see it happening is um because it just says you create up to ten gallons of clean water within range in an open container um so. I see it as like the 10 gallons are going to try to concentrate in these like five or six um, like receptacles and it's just going to cause them to like flood out. It's supposed to be like an explosion. It's going to be like a slow seep up and it's going to be still very gross. Yeah, it's like no one's going to want to use it. (laughs) Yeah, but they're not going to think it's a bidet. (laughs) It's not going to shoot out at them. (laughs) 
Ugh. This is so gross. Okay. Yep. Uh, all right. It is a first level spell. So you don't have to make any checks. It should be successful. I'm assuming you're targeting like the four uh, or five other stalls so that it doesn't yeah. like, yeah, so yeah. that you don't have to. Well, I guess if you're not actually I'll just sitting target on it, one. Then, yeah. Because then it's more of the water comes out. You know? Oh, yeah, you could do that. So it's up to you. Each is considered a receptacle. So would you do like a couple of them and have it kind of like out or um, all of them and have it like be like a slow rise? I think she would. I think quantity is more important here because then, you know, Mm -hmm. they would just close off one and it's not as big of a deal. But if it's all of them or the majority of them, it's more impactful. So I think that's what she'll do. Okay. Uh, Yeah. So you're able to cast the spell. There is this like um, faint gurgling sound um, that occurs for just a moment and then there is the audible like rush of water as um, these like small small receptacles are filled and then overflow um, and there are a couple of screams and startles of surprise <laughs> you hear the sound of one person vomiting <laughs> she's in the stall just like <laughs> yeah yeah Um, So it's like the water starts to run out on the ground. It's definitely very dirty. You might have created clean water, but you're mixing it with water that is not very clean. Mm -hmm. Um, And general, um, like, panic uh, and scrambling ensues from there. Okay. (laughs) What is your follow-up plan for Um, this? (laughs) She's going to promptly leave, leave the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, The first attendant employee in that zone she sees, she's going to be like, there's a situation happening over there that needs to be looked at. It's flooding in there. It's bad. Hold oh, no. <laughs> So we'll move you over just for the sake of having a different screen to look at. Yay. We'll move you over to the actual casino floor. Um, so the bathrooms are posted on either side. The one that was more busy um, and had more employees in it was the one that was on the left side, sort of just south of the stairs there. Um, and so there is somebody actually at this table right here. Um, and so you're able to kind of like approach the person sitting right here. And at this point, you come like walking out and there's like water visibly like leaking out mm. of the bathroom. You're like, there's a situation. And this person kind of like looks up at you confused for a second as they're in the middle of like dealing this game. And they see behind you the water and refuse um, and the screaming and such. And their eyes just go wide uh, and they look up at you. And they get up and they walk away, <laughs> like abandon the middle of the game completely. Um, yeah, I could see Cookie just kind of yeah. looking over at the players and be like, you might want to move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the people that were standing in line over there have definitely all done the like jump back and move out of the way click- quickly thing. And now there's like an aroma emanating from that side and a lot of people are kind of like backing away from it but then there's always that like small crowd of people that are like watching curiously and are a little too close like not in it but watching um so there's general um shenanigans going on on the casino floor now for sure um i love how beckers is stroking like holding and stroking her sword like a baby (laughs) um this is where do you go after that cookie? I think she'll probably just head back to the kitchens. Okay. She doesn't really know what what else to do after this point. That's fair. 
Uh, and luckily you were like clothing wasn't soiled or anything because you weren't actually using the facilities. So it's easy enough to kind of like wipe your boots off and, and keep going. Uh, Bella and Bear, did you go back to wait in the lobby area or are you kind of hanging around somewhere outside? What was your plan? So uh, there's a lot of people around still, right? So you're right, mm-hmm. I'm flexing. And yeah. I'm just going to be like, he said, go to the Violet Scepter. I'm a simple person. I'm going to say, party at the Purple Scepter. And I'm going to go that way. Okay. <laughs> that so um, the, every time you were like turning to the crowd uh, and flexing, like the people who were still there or who had like left and come back, there was like some people were cheering, some people were swooning. Um, <laughs> and they were definitely like, you had started like kind of like, yeah, almost like a call and response sort of thing where you could definitely like um, like get a rise out of them every time you do that. And so a lot of people are paying attention. And when you yell that, um, people start kind of like piling out of the stands and like heading in there. They look like they're all avoiding the actual central area. And you know that there was like a barrier there. So you surmise that there is some sort of like magic keeping them from just like running out or whatever and trying to talk to you all. So if you stay in there, you could probably avoid having to have too many interactions. But you imagine that people will definitely be coming up to you um, once you sort of like exit from there and enter back into the unprotected zone, uh, what have you. But people start filing out. And some people you can tell are kind of like waiting behind like they've gone out of the stands, but they're kind of like milling about around like the exit. And, and it's like obvious that they're just watching to see what you two do. You know, some people were like, yeah, Dungeons and Dragons podcast. That's really nerdy. So I'm really glad that Beckers is bringing a jock uh, in, into the podcast. <laughs> really, really balance things out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I I don't know what Bella's going to do, but I'm super into the, the crowd part. So I, can I try and crowd surf? What, do I have to roll for that? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, in fact, you could like, since there's like a group of people that are like kind of like milling ar- about around the exit and like obviously looking at the two of you expectantly, um, if you were to like walk over to the stands and like ju- like take a, like walk a few steps up and then like look like you're about to like jump out onto them, um, you could even like actually like jump instead of just being lifted. So would you prefer to like walk over and have them like lift you or do you want to go and like actually try to jump into it? I want to jump. <laughs> okay. How heavy do you think Bear is? <laughs> In human form. Including the sword? Including the sword. Which would have a sheath. So you wouldn't just have like an open sword to cut people up on your back. Um, See, she's holding a real life, very heavy sword. So she, now she's yeah. like, oh, God, is it this heavy? <laughs> because it's very mm-hmm. heavy. <laughs> I'm going to say she's like 210. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. I looked up a BMI chart because <laughs> I'm not that height. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. And also like 18 strength or whatever, you yeah, know, built, a lot of muscle like, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes sense. Plus your equipment, you're probably like um, all told uh, with stuff, maybe like a good 250 or so. That's not like an unreasonable amount for people to be able to crowd surf. So you're going to jump. So you go and you kind of like walk up into the stands and do like some sort of like expectant gesture, right? So that they know what like your plan is. And there's a couple of people like cheering and there's a few people who look a little more like nervous, but enthusiastic and you're able to jump. I'm going to see how well the catching goes <laughs> for this. How far do you want to crowd surf? To the casino. 
Okay. <laughs> I, don't know how I, far I figured that's what that was the goal. Okay. Real quick, has so you, has she been healed yet? No. <laughs> I mean, um, well, the clerics would have had a moment to go um, and like check with you. If you were still doing your flexing stuff, they probably would have left you alone. But as soon as you started to go over and exit, as you're like walking by, one of them can like reach over and cure wounds you. Um, so as long as you don't like make a, a point to avoid them, then they'll do that, okay. and you'll get twenty uh, eight hit points back. I don't know how many you've lost. It's probably well up to full. No. <laughs> no? Nope. But- <laughs> 28 plus 13? Yeah. Wait, I thought you said 8. Okay. 28. 28. Oh, 28. oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I thought you had 35. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's easy enough to do. So you um, you go up and you make your jump. And there is a little bit of like... The first impact, there's a little bit of like a bowing as everyone kind of like catches you and like becomes accustomed to um, like the weight of you and all of your equipment. Um, but they're able to like lift you back up. And it's definitely one of those like rocky rides, whereas like you're kind of like past there's little bits of like dipping and stuff. You don't fall, um, but the crowd doesn't extend all the way to the casino. So if you want to go that far, you'll have to direct them. Party at the casino! <laughs> Okay. All right. So, so there's like, there's just like mass of people. It's probably about 50 of them or so that have kind of like milled about in this area. And when you made it clear that you're going to jump, they kind of assembled into like that sort of like pit of people that can like catch you and pass you around. And so like when it first starts happening where they're like passing you back and you're able to like move to the end, when you get towards the back, um, there's just like this big group of people who have all like gotten ready to like take you and move that way since you have like initially, like, You've expressed that you want to go that way. And so now you've gotten to the point where there's just like the same sort of group of people that's under you and they're doing the like thing where you like you get pushed up in the air a little bit. And so there's like there's a general hubbub and people are kind of like cheering on and stuff and you're getting like carried essentially like over to the front door. The door itself is a double door, so you probably could make it inside. So being on the crowd, they'll have to kind of like lower you down a little bit. But if you want them to go all the way in, they'll carry you all the way straight into the lobby. Yeah! Is that what you want? <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So, so this crowd of people starts like shoving their way in through the double doors. Like the group that's holding you gets to go first. And you make it through and they're all chanting and then everyone starts milling, not milling, filing in like around you. And it gets to the point where like the whole first um, area, which if we go back down to the first floor, that bottom uh, door or bottom room down here is like the main lobby area, which um, probably 50 people in like a crowd like this can't fit into all at once. But a good portion of them, it's like the doors are being like held open and there's just this like mass of people in here uh, that are just like cheering on uh, and they know your name as Bear. And so you hear like from the back coming forward starts being this like bear, 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 kind of like chant going on. And so you're just literally like, like in this crowd of people being kind of like thrown up in the air and um, like they're chanting your name behind you. Bella, did you join in on this or are you kind of like following behind? <laughs> I'm yeah. just sticking behind. Yeah. I'm not quite as enthusiastic. Yeah. It doesn't <laughs> seem like quite Bella's speed. So if you wanted to join in, of course, they would have carried you too. But <laughs> if you're chill to walk on your own feet, then I'm, you can I'm, do that. Of course. I'll pass. 
Thanks. <laughs> yeah. So, so Cookie, you're kind of like making your little speed walk back to the kitchen mm-hmm. um, to get back to your area. And you hear as you're walking, you exit um, the stairs coming down to like the side room over here. And you start to hear like loud sounds of cheering. And then um, you realize that like they're saying bear's name and as you walk by you basically get to this point and you see this room just like filled with people packed wall to wall and there's bear uh like there's like she'll come up out of the crowd and then go back down into it and come up out of the crowd because from your vantage point you're like looking up and go back down into it and she's just like totally on top of the crowd and being like carried and thrown up in the air by them (laughs) Cookie will definitely pause and observe what's happening. And I think um, mm-hmm. after a minute, she'll try and like get in the crowd with them to get close to get close to bear. Okay. Yeah, that's easy enough to do, um, especially being um, a little bit shorter. Like people aren't like mosh pit uh, or not even mosh pit, but like front of a of a show crowded where you're like uncomfortably close to people. Um, there's like that dent sort of portion that's under her, mm-hmm. which is the people who are like doing the lifting. Um, but there's, there's like an, an, a space enough in the other people around that you can kind of like weave your way in and people will move for you, especially cause you're wearing like the colors of the uniform. So mm-hmm. um, they kind of like naturally just like move away from where you want to go. How close do you want to get? Um, as close as she can. Okay. Yeah, make a perception check. 18. Okay, so this is like the best day ever. And like, you got to crowd surf and they're like, tune your name. And you're basically like the coolest thing they've ever seen. And here comes your friend Cookie making her way through the crowd. And you can kind of like see her down over there every time you get like thrown up in the air. And she's like a little bit closer each time (laughs) um, until she's like kind of like outside of the central group of people that are like doing the actual like hoisting and lifting of you. Okay. I was going to be like, friend! <laughs> <laughs> and the cookie will just go in and start chanting bear as well. And just like really okay. start celebrating with her because she's so happy. <laughs> yeah. There's like there's like four people or so, four or five that are around where you're standing, cookie. And when bear goes friend, they all look at you and they go, friend! And they go like they're going to lift you up too. Do you want them to? Sure. Would cookie look... Like excited. I think about she that, would so be they... she would be um <laughs> just really shocked about it and probably just okay. freeze and just let it happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If she doesn't look like obviously like she didn't want to be touched, then they'll go ahead and they'll end up like you get thrown up in the air, considerably easier to do. Um, and so there you look down and you yell friend and you see a couple of the people over there look at her and go friend and reach down and just like pick her up and launch her up into the air. And then yeah. she ends up like up on the Goes top considerably of the crowd, like, higher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's time, like, almost to the ceiling. <laughs> um, so that's the general scene that's happening in the lobby now. So they couldn't even go back inside if they wanted to Fergus. And, now that you see this being crowded and you see Cookie up there with Bear, you're like, good job, Cookie. Look, she found a way to like keep them from going back inside. Look at that. <laughs> that or was you definitely that. the plan. Uh, <laughs> can, well, since this is taking place inside, can Fergus even see this? Like, see The door, there's so many people, the doors can't close. So since your group is picketing right out front, 
and these people kind of like shoved around where you were picketing to go inside with Bear. The doors are literally being propped open by people, but they're not tall enough to fill the whole entryway. So you saw Bear going up and then chanting Bear, and then you saw Bear point at something, and then up comes Cookie, and now the whole group is staying here mm. and like blocking the doorway essentially. Mm. So yeah, I can totally see that. Okay. And Morthos, even if you stayed in the stands, um, you could probably like well, see the general hubbub going on. Yeah, I was I was just asking, like, yeah, what the timing was. Um, but I think Morthos probably went with the crowd, maybe tried to push up to like like I think he's he would probably be Have gone with. Gone with and kind of bragging to people around like he knows them, you know, like <laughs> enough to maybe blow you know that if that's an issue later but like oh, yeah no. like oh i know them i know them they're very cool like yeah. even just like oh you want to meet them for five silver you can meet the champions you know <laughs> <laughs> I, I know where they stay make a deception check <laughs> a deception yeah uh, it's arguably not not a lie uh it's not an established thing oh. and he's definitely trying to swindle people yeah so. for sure i'm 24 you end up making 20 silver from four different people who um like there's a point where bear notices cookie and looks down and you're able to like look over and you you see morthos there too bear and just the acknowledgement of bear like looking over at you as like someone they recognize was enough to make after you've been telling people this and no one had taken up on the offer four people came up and like slipped you the five silver like yeah we want to meet the champion. All right. And the, I'll tell them to line up uh, in the left wing there, like over by the in the restaurant, or, like leading that way. Just like, oh, line up there and we'll come get you later. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I love it. So <laughs> there you notice uh, you look over, you see Cookie, you shout friend, you see Morthos. And, and as soon as you look over at Morthos, a couple of people crowd over to him. And he, like, takes some money from them and directs them to go to a specific area. And they all kind of, like, follow where his his finger pointed, essentially. So you notice the um, the interaction going on between people and Morthos. Um, Bella, what is your... Um, you, I know you're kind of, like, generally hanging around and with. And a couple of people have tried to, like, approach you, too, and talk to you. And they're, all, they're like, equally enthusiastic, but like the difference is like Bear is like feeding into it and like looking for the attention. So how do you react when people are approaching you and are like wanting to talk to the champion and talk about all the like the cool things you did and stuff like that? I mean, I'll casually chat with people. I'm not going to like shut people off or anything like that. I'm not just going to mm-hmm. be like, mm. but I'm not quite as excited as Bear is. Yeah. Yeah, I did stab that guy. Yeah, yeah totally <laughs> stab that guy. <laughs> shut him right in the face. So... Uh, so that like we're the like the more like loud enthusiastic people who are feeding into the whole like crowd surfing bit have definitely like um, crowded on bear. There's like as you were like following, there's the people who uh, like also want to talk to you, kind of like crowding around you, and they're like they're not being like disrespectful of like space or whatever. But there's like you're generally just like surrounded by enthusiastic people wanting to like learn more about you and talk to you about stuff. And so you can divulge as much information to them as you want to, or make up stories. Or oh, I lie my ass off. I love it. <laughs> what do you tell the people who ask you where you got your training from? Um, I say I went to some prestigious fighting school in 
I don't uh, some big town. <laughs> if I told you, I'd have to. Kill I don't know you. the D. I don't know the D and D universe very well. Uh, Cormier, I think, is a pretty like militant sort of place. Sure. So and yeah, that would be far enough away to be like exotic, I guess. So Fergus will close this portion with you're standing there with the picketers. Baron Bella have just like been followed by crowds of people chanting uh, Bear's name and like clamoring to have a chance to talk to Bella as they've like shoved their way in to the front lobby area. You see Cookie being like lifted up in the air and you see Morthos talking to several people in the crowd and you know that it's time to enact the next part of the plan soon and that's where we'll pick back up. Hello, welcome to the break. Uh, I just want to take a minute to thank you for listening to this episode. Hopefully you have listened to this episode and you're not randomly skipping to the middle for some reason. Don't forget, if you enjoyed this and think this is swell, you can rate and review us on iTunes and other places that allow you to do that. If you think other people should listen to this, you should tell them that because that's a good thing to do. We appreciate you and please come again. Um, going back from break, we pick back up with the scene unfolding as Bear is being hoisted into the air by a crowd of people. Cookie has been hoisted into the air in alternating rhythm next to her because she was acknowledged as a friend. When Bear acknowledged Morthos, people began paying him for a meet and greet with Bear, and Bella was similarly swarmed by people who were uh, matching her level of enthusiasm and not lifting her into the air because they were the champions, and Fergus is looking on, uh, watching his plan unfold. This scene, it goes on for for quite a little while. Like, a lot of times things like this will die out, uh, you know, after a few minutes, because how long can you really throw somebody up in the air or whatever? Uh, but Bear's continued enthusiasm results in the crowd's continued enthusiasm. Bella, you keep fielding interesting questions about where you learned your training and where um, you and Bear might have fought before, and if you're coming back to fight again sometime soon. And after about a solid 15 minutes of this, with the entire entrance being blocked off and people like milling about outside and wanting to get into the casino and not being able to, a uh, friend does eventually approach the outskirts of the um, the crowd. Is there a point at which you would have like beckoned to be let go, Cookie, or are you going with the flow? I'm going with the flow. Okay. So, so friend approaches and he is... A bit confused uh, as to why you're up there as well uh, uh, when he's coming to summon them. But anyone who is watching or paying attention, he starts speaking to people on the outside of the crowd. And when they're kind of ignoring him and really just focusing on um, like cheering Bear on and and watching the spectacle of everything, uh, there is a point at which he pulls out from under like his jacket, essentially like, what looks like a small bell, but when he rings it, it actually has a really loud sort of not piercing, like high pitched and harmful piercing, but it grabs everyone's attention. It is a loud volume for such a tiny bell. So there's this little tinkling sound as he rings it. Tinkle, 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 <laughs> tinkle, tinkle. <laughs> oh, God, I got to go. Uh, and he um, slowly people begin to kind of like shift their focus over to see what you know, the, the hubbub is, including the four people who have lined up over in like the hosting area 
who are now looking expectantly, thinking perhaps the time has come for their meet and greet, which is not, in fact, the case, um, because Friend announces to everyone, oh, yes, I see you are celebrating the champion as they are due. Champions, uh, not, there should be another one around, hopefully. Uh, it is time for you to receive your awards. And at this point, um, that Alatel figure uh, must have been somewhere else uh, inside that wasn't in this sort of like initial lobby area uh, because they come walking from around the the right corner from where you all uh, are currently at. There's another sort of like loungy seating area over here. Uh, they come walking around the corner to stand slightly behind Fred, who is kind of at the edge of this hallway, not wanting to get too close to the crowd. Since you're kind of in command of the crowd bear, um, and they've still got you kind of like hoisted up into the air, they're not like throwing you up into the air anymore because that would have been a long time for that to occur. But you're still generally being like passed around like uh, amongst the crowd of people when friend makes it very clear that it's time for you to be able to go and do the collection. How do you react? Right, I'm going to like ask him to let me down. And then I'm okay. going to be like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to take my time, right? I'm still going to be giving out high fives and kissing babies and whatever. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, two people ask for autographs. I'll sign. One person doesn't have anything and they just like hold their arm out and like uh, like a quill. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah. I definitely sign his arm as big as I can. Uh, <laughs> can you write? I was actually just thinking that. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So you like instinctively, like knowing what they want, um, you start to do it and you write out, you know, in, in your mind, you're like, I'm bare. And so you write out bare. And as you, as this happens, it like occurs to you that like, huh. Okay. Yeah. I definitely know how to write. Like that's in there. But I was just mm -hmm. like, what do I write? I guess I just put bare. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I'm taking my my sweet ass time. Mm. For sure, he'll yeah. probably have to like remind me again. Like, hello. Uh <laughs> <laughs> you get to sort of like the edge, and some people are talking about how cool certain moments were. Oh yeah, and just, like enjoying it. Yeah, <laughs> and like, like Bella, you can hear this. You can make your way through the crowd as well. Um, and like, if you promptly emerge, then like. Bella comes out and Bear's still like kind of like chatting to people. They've since put Cookie down as well, like recognizing mm -hmm. this is like the end of this like celebratory phase. And uh, like there's a point where Friend just goes, <clears throat> <laughs> All right, okay. Where are we I going? Bear. Let's go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> the collection themselves uh, are indisposed at the moment. Uh and will be taking uh, a very specific path up to the collection, but you are welcomed uh, to accompany me, and we will meet with some others who will be enjoying this as well. They gotta, they gotta go away, uh, go around the watered bathroom. <laughs> yeah. So he heads up and goes over to the main staircase that's on the right, which is right here, and um, he leads you up to the main floor of the casino, where... Uh, you see that there is definitely some kind of hubbub going on. So uh, you emerge uh, around the bottom right corner of the room where that staircase is. And you see that there has the table that previously was 
uh, on the left side of the room right there where I just pinged, that has been like dragged over closer to the slot machines in this sort of area as well as the carpet beneath it. There's a few people who look... They are definitely members of the Violet Scepter, and Bella might even recognize a couple of faces as um, people who like, you've seen here working in the in the couple of times that you've like, visited. But they all look very pained. Um, there's like two that just look very uncomfortable and are generally like keeping people back from the whole like left side of the room. Uh, and there's a very um, unpleasant aroma in the air that is obviously being tried to um, there's, there's an attempt to cover it going on uh, where there's some sort of like zones of like clean smelling air that's like lightly floral scented. And then you'll pass out of like what seems to be like a zone. And then there'll be this very unpleasant aroma and you'll pass into another Nice zone. And there are spells that are are very commonly understood, like prestigitation, that can cover like an area and make a scent or an illusory effect of some kind. It seems like either someone is casting these or that they've got some sort of like item that can project uh, this sort of scent in a zone because um, when you you can tell when you pass between them. Uh, And there is a lot of talk going on about something flooding and um, people being sick. as this is happening and you kind of like are able to make your way through the little like empty space in the crowd that has been set aside for you, you uh, go up the right staircase to the top and approach the door to the collection that you had entered uh, that Bella has entered before with Morthos, of course, at the time. But this time you have this Alatil individual and bear with you standing in front of the door is um, one person who. Of most of the staff here, seems to be the only person who doesn't look uncomfortable. They are... Diabetic. (laughs) (laughs) Why? I have a pancreas. Because they didn't eat the sweets. They can have. Uh, No, everyone ate them. Uh, This person just seems to be strongly strongly constituted enough to be unimpacted. Um, this person, <laughs> 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 or maybe he's very impacted. Maybe yeah. it's just the opposite. <laughs> this is actually a very tall, sturdy-looking human woman. She has her bright red hair pulled back in a very like no-nonsense ponytail, <laughs> and um, she's probably she's she's basically bears like height and build. Oh boy, it's evil bear. She's sizing her up. <laughs> she has no soul. <laughs> Maybe that's Wait, what it is. Wait, is it because she's red-haired? Yeah. <laughs> but you have red hair. Not, not really. It's up for debate. <laughs> up for debate. <laughs> um, so she is standing there along with um, the, the people who, like, during the tournament, how there were those clerics that would come and heal and administer restorations and what have you as needed. Uh, there are a few other people who, um, similar to the first time you came, Bella, are there obviously to perform like um, administrations via magic, um, but they don't look as much like a security force. They very much just look like um, they have a s- separate task. And the only person, which is unusual, well, excuse me, there's two. The first time you came, there were quite a few like security esque type personnel that accompanied you. And this time, there are only two. There's this sturdy looking woman, and there is the guard known as Rico that everyone but probably Bear is at least vaguely familiar with from the reports that they have received, um, like about cookies goings on. 
So these two, he looks a little bit less like totally fine than she does, but these two seem to be the two that are in like the best shape. <laughs> uh, and so they, since you know what's going on, you can easily surmise that like they're the only two that aren't having a really hard time right now. And so they're the two that are accompanying you in with, um, in to go and see the collection. So from here, we will move over to that room again. Similarly to last time, the door will open and it is a, an enclosed room. The three of you and all of the staff members are waved into this sort of like, not a holding room, but kind of a holding room right here in the middle. And um, the clerics, similarly to last time again, will perform uh, another sort of like dispel magic type of um thing very similar to what you experienced as you were entering the ring today just to make sure that there's no illusions going on or does she turn back into a bear (laughs) (laughs) she does not turn back into a bear all right (laughs) um and bella because you mentioned this earlier you will be able to note easily that friend does not seem to have any like recognition um when he addresses the three of you it seems very um going through the motions he's like here follow me hello thank you for winning congratulations you know blah 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 there's no spiel there's no like recognition there's not even like a pause to be like this person looks familiar to me like nothing you seem like a non-entity to him oh and i'm acting like everything is amazing and beautiful and i'm excited to be here of course yeah i imagine so (laughs) alatel this figure that um that won the singles match there, you remember um, like their armor seeming weird to you um, when they first arrived and something being kind of off, um, even though like eventually you were like, oh, I think I know like who that goddess is. It's just like that armor just looks a little weird. They seem to be um, generally like polite, but um, not nearly as jovial as you would expect for someone who. Um, has just won this tournament, has an opportunity to like see this collection of cool items and is going to have like winnings on top of everything. Um, it seems almost like focused um, or perhaps they're just not sure how to act. Um, but it's not uh, it's not like happy, chatty excitement or anything. They're very sort of like stoic, uh, non-talkative individual. Um, so you the, the clerics finish their administrations and friend uh, opens the door to this first room and if you remember correctly there was not only a like key portion to it but there was another um like it, his hand moved to a certain part of the door but i think bella noticed last time too that it seemed like he must have had something else in his hand like there's a multi-point unlocking system that occurs and the door swings open and um, just like last time this room shows the uh, there's chalk here there's a potion here. There is a, an odd-looking candle here, and there is a, a ring here. And that is all that is in this room except for the scepter itself. As you first enter, friend, um, this is a bit more of like an in-depth sort of tour than uh, was done the first time. So he enters in. He waves everyone to um, come in after him, and the door is closed. With um, the cleric still will stay in the main room, but the Uh, The two like security types are in this room and he walks around and he tells what each item is and gives a little bit of a description as to um, what they believe they do or what they've been told that they do. And you're given a few moments to um, 
kind of like look around and ooh and awe before moving on to the next room. Is there anything in particular you would like to look at um, either for someone who hasn't been here for the first time or uh, that belly you would like to look at again before we move on? Um, I'm not going to spend any additional time looking at anything, but I mm-hmm. am going to like, I don't remember what the specific item that was like definitely catered to Bella. <laughs> <laughs> um, The candle the of darkness. Yeah. That might have been the one. Yeah. That sounds right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make a mental note about that one so that I can maybe snag it on the right way out if I have an opportunity, but. No, I'm not okay, gonna. For those of us who don't remember what that yeah, was, yeah, can you can you give a can you give a quick uh, reminder of what each item was? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, so let's see here. So the ring was the ring of roses, and it indicates that when wearing it, someone would be able to summon uh, roses into their hands. Um, but the roses aren't permanent, and they will only last for 24 hours. It says for a that. short time. It doesn't specify 24 hours. The candle of anti-light, when lit, the candle, uh, when it is burning, the wick is burning, it sheds a magical darkness in a 10-foot radius, uh, and there is one hour of burn time basically available for that candle. Uh, and it's like, it's because it's a magical darkness, um, dark vision doesn't work in it, and uh, like a non-magical light can illuminate it. So in a very flowery description, um, friend and also the little like placard explains that this candle is like a, do- a candle of darkness that uh, emanates a thick, impenetrable darkness that can only be pierced by divinely summoned or arcanely summoned magic, blah, blah, blah. I, I like the idea that like most of these items aren't on their own, like doing their thing. So like, you're just seeing a a ring there, a candle. Like they're not like it's not glowing darkness right now. It's just the looks the same as any old candle. Mm-hmm. That's why Morthos was super disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, in a world like this, things that are magical by nature have like a palpable aura to them for anyone who is magically inclined, especially those trained in Arcana specifically. So um, for someone who has any type of like training or ability to cast magic, they would get near these items like and within proximity, they would kind of like feel the magical essence from them. But yeah, unless activated, most of these things are going to have um, have any sort of like impact going on, at least not in this room. Um, the Rage Potion, there's a description below it uh, and friend elaborates on that saying that it's rumored that the taste is uh, very irony and almost like bitter raisins. And essentially when it, when imbibed the potion causes the drinker to enter into a, a rage that lasts for some time and <laughs> um, seems to make them stronger, faster and more aggressive. Literally just vodka. Literally just vodka. <laughs> Tequila. Yeah. Um, and then there is the Null Chalk. He goes into more of a description than what the placard actually provides. So there's a like a drab pouch and there's a couple of pieces of chalk kind of poking out of it. And there's one that's like centrally provide, uh, like placed on actual display. And he explains that um, someone, you know, with the arcane affinity could uh, take up a piece of this chalk and... Um, touch it to a surface, and then could magically will into existence a line that, yes, like that, a line that can be drawn up to 50 feet uh, long and a foot wide that would protect 
anyone within or behind the line from magic being cast at them on the other side. He he goes on to elaborate also that it doesn't matter like where the line is drawn, um, but also it can protect from like certain creatures from other planes that would be quite powerful. Um, so he talks that item up quite a bit as to be like a really, really good source of like protection or something for someone who would be in like a dire situation. It's no Rudy's jock. Rudy's jock. Mm. Um, I forget why it ended up being called Rudy's jock. There was something that happened. Chalk zone. Chalk zone. Yeah. The main character of chalk oh, zone right. was Rudy. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what chalk zone yeah. was, so I forgot that part of it. I <laughs> just remember you saying <laughs> Rudy's jock and me being confused last time too. <laughs> Um, yeah, so after giving the like the descriptions and mentioning, of course, like f- finishing this room off with, and this is the Violet Scepter, for which the um, the casino is named, uh, and although its properties aren't shared, um, you know, rest assured that it is quite a unique item that um, the collector himself prefers not to disclose because it would be too powerful in the hands of blah blah blah. Um, he makes it. He talks it up like it's really important because it has been so long. Um, I will just in case uh, like time has passed and we have forgotten. Bella, you had looked at it and you could tell that there was something to it. And it seemed very similar to other like lock and key mechanisms that you have seen, specifically like the one that opens the door to this room. And I believe there was a conversation with Lilia where um, she indicated that there was some sort of secret to the collection that nobody knew about, but maybe this is like the key to figuring out what that is. Um, and so that's the like the knowledge you have in the background as Fran is telling this the story about how the the true purpose and the true properties of this are, are kept secret uh, out of import, but uh, it is the centerpiece of the collection. I feel like she also rolled high on perception or something and realized like on the edges of the room, there was like something funky, like the corner of the wall. Yeah. Onto the left ah, of it. Yes, yes, yes. That too. Mm-hmm. Like the the portion of the wall to the left. Yeah. And behind the scepter itself. Yeah. Bear's gonna look at Fren and say, "Can I have it?" <laughs> um, nothing in the collection is up for sale. Unfortunately, I'm so sorry. I wasn't gonna buy it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, they're not. Up, they're also not up for um. Keepsies. They're not gifts. <laughs> They're not <Bang>. ingredients. <laughs> <laughs> not freebies. Mm. I just want it. Now you want. <laughs> you may all have a few moments to look around and gaze upon these wondrous items, and when you are finished, let us know, and we will continue on to the next room. Bear's gonna like lean to Bella and be like, "Do you think I can touch it?" No. No, I don't. I don't think you can. I'm sorry. <laughs> Remember, if you cross the line on the the carpet, you'll well, get shocked. Bear too. doesn't. Yeah, Bear doesn't know that. Yeah, I wasn't there last well, time. Oh, that's right. And he would have explained Do that for it. sure. Do I was like. <laughs> Trying to remember like what I had already said and what I hadn't said, but there's like there's a visible line drawn on the floor um, that kind of like circles around basically where like the lines of the carpet are here, um, except on this side it extends to the edge of the carpet. And he does make mention when you enter the room that each room will have a barrier of that kind, and it will be very unpleasant should you cross it. <laughs> Can't be that unbearable. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you said you wanted to go look at the candle or is that just something you took note of mentally to know that if you wanted to swipe it on your way out or something that it would be here, Bella? I'm going to take approximately equal time to look at every item, but I'm, I'm, yeah, mental note to grab the candle on the way out if possible. And then I'm going to try to investigate that area that I already had previous knowledge of without looking suspicious. Okay. Um, go ahead and make a perception check. I rolled a five. Oh, no. Okay. Isn't that what I rolled earlier? <laughs> yeah, I think that is what you rolled earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you take uh, a look at it again, and although you're still able to pinpoint everything about it that seemed odd before, like, um, like there almost seems to be like a seam in it of sorts, but like you would look at it once and you would kind of see it and you'd look at it again and kind of not see it. So obviously it's something that's not supposed to be there and you're just like, you were keenly catching uh you know upon the first inspection there doesn't seem to be any additional information that you can glean from it even having a little bit longer to look in a more relaxed environment just there's definitely something to it but you don't know what it is uh so bear is gonna notice bella looking over there and she's gonna look too (laughs) sure yeah beautiful (laughs) And I think Bear was present for the conversations where Bella was talking about how there was something like weird going on with the wall and the scepter and and stuff. So she would have like the knowledge of this being like important. (laughs) They're all the same. (laughs) It just looks like a wall though. Like she clearly can see something about it that you can't. Can can she smell it? (laughs) Doesn't have any No unusual or unique sense to this room, but it's almost a really good thing that you're not currently a bear for having passed through the main uh, casino floor, because that would have been quite... That would have been stanky. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So after um, the three of you have had your time to kind of peruse around, then um, once everyone kind of is obviously signaling that they're finished with the room, go ahead. Is the the cleric, like, is he, does he have any reaction to anything? Is he impressed? The, the cleric types have all stayed no, out the, in this the, area. The guy who won the singles. I'll tell. Oh, oh, oh. Um, he, sorry, yeah. Uh, he has he has gone around and he has listened to everything and he seems interested in everything that's going on and like he's um, partaking in the information and is attentive to the descriptions and afterwards definitely takes some time similar um, to Bella and goes around and like reads the placards again and kind of like studies each item. And he um, he spends a considerable amount of time kind of like inspecting the scepter too, which uh, like friend kind of watches this with um, almost like amusement. Like they, they know that they've made it a sort of mysterious. And so it seems like he's probably like accustomed to people trying to figure out what's so special about it and seems to be like watching him with this like amused interest to see if you know what what this cleric's reaction is to it um and he does he does kind of study it for for quite some time before shifting on to go look at the other items again while he's waiting to be like moved to the next room kind of thing um so after a few moments um and ev- when everyone seems kind of finished with through this room you're ushered all back out into the central like sort of like holding room and the door is closed behind you um, it doesn't appear that he goes through the process of locking it like he did the first time. It just seems closed. Um, he will continue on to go over to the door on the opposite side and will perform the same sort of like, um, there's like a key and also some sort of like hand portion of unlocking this door. 
Um, there are similarly several pedestals um, around this, the edges of this room, and there is another um, sort of line that allows for like the entry point uh, right here, and then um, allows you to essentially spend like to walk the breadth of the carpet. And um, he takes you around. He starts with the item immediately to the left of the door after everyone is ushered in. Again, the sort of like staff that had made sure that there wasn't anything um, like illusory on your person kind of remains in the outside. And the um, one of the guards, the one you know as Rico, remains in the room with him. And the other, the woman, is the only one that enters the room with him this time. Immediately to the left of the door... Um, he takes you to this area and he shows you uh, another ring. This one, unlike the rings in the other room, does have uh, a bit of activity to it. It looks like it is comprised of several tiny chains that seem to rotate slowly around themselves. It has a placard with the name on it, but there is no description. He explains that this is called Sever, the Enchantment Breaker. And that it helps anyone who is um, being impacted by enchantment magic to either break free of it more easily or to um, prevent others around them from being impacted as strongly. It's like a it's like it can form a barrier around people, not only who wear the ring, but those around them. Cool. And he, he tells a story about um, after the ring was forged and a, a mighty hero wore it into battle and the reason that they were able to be victorious against this monstrous foe that they were fighting was because they were able to prevent the entire party from being charmed by this creature. So about how far distance-wise is the pedestal from the line we're not supposed to cross? So the pedestal is probably about five feet, I'd say. Yeah, there's like a good five feet or so. You can like kind of lean forward, and if you find yourself leaning over the line, you are um, it, there's not like an immediate reaction. Um, but if you were to like bodily cross it, is when something would happen. So you tell me what uh, you're what you're thinking about. <laughs> thinking about just maybe after you grab the ring, it wouldn't be so bad anymore, you know. <laughs> 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 if you just go for that first. That's all. Next. She's not doing it right She's now. She's planning ahead. Gotcha. I'm just thinking. Okay. So, um, he moves on to the next item. Uh, there's a placard below it that says dryad leaf. Uh, and he explains that this plant is born of nature magic. It only grows near trees that dryads have used to shift from one area to another. Um, as you're watching this plant again, uh, unlike the other room, this this little like potted plant almost is like swaying the leaves of these. This this plant are swaying as if there's a breeze in the room, but you feel no perceptible breeze. Um, it looks like it's literally like out in a field and it's just kind of like swaying back and forth as a wind buffets it, like very gently, but um, there's no there's no breeze in the room. It's like one of those dancing cactuses that you put on your on your dash in your car yeah. and it dances in the sun. <laughs> or baby yeah. fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Baby fruit. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. Um, it does have four leaves on it that have a thin yellow rim around the edge. He explains that when eaten. 
these leaves, um, because they are born from such strong nature magic, give uh, someone who imbibes them uh, the capacity to understand the speech of beasts and plants for cool. a short time. He moves on to the next one. And this item will be of note to you, Bella, uh, specifically because of uh, a conversation you had with Morthos. The title below this item is called Numat's Trick Tubes. And um, Friend explains that this is a very unique and rare item that allows the magical transportation of items from one of these tubes to another. He says they can travel fairly any distance uh, as long as they are on the same plane of existence and the lids are closed so that the item may be transported. Um, and he, he goes on to talk about uh, were this a more commonly used item, how interesting it would make the world where you could send something to the entire other side of the, you know, the continent in a moment. Um, and really talks it up like an interesting item. Like in practicality, it is a very interesting item. But he almost, you can almost tell that he seems particularly taken with this. Like it seems like it's a like a really useful or fun sort of toy in his mind. And Morthos wants that one? That's the one that, um, I don't remember exactly how much Morthos said. But he, you know, when he said... I owe somebody uh, and they, they want me to get this. That's the thing that he needs to get in order to help assuage so that's, his. That's higher on the priority list than the candle for sure. <laughs> I, I I like the idea that there is like enough stuff here that you could like heist the place if you if you like stole them in the right order. Like, like it's almost like a puzzle. Like, first mm. you gotta get the ring to to deal with the deal. Then you gotta get the tubes to get the stuff out. Then you gotta get the ring to to cover your exit. Or not? Guys, you're ruining her puzzle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or I'm solving her. When puzzle. it turns into an escape room after we all get trapped in there. Little escape room for us. <laughs> like so those. the next item that looks like a sickle, like. In basic shape, it looks like a sickle, just like you would use as a weapon or to harvest uh, crops, um, except for it has a little bit of a sparkle of electricity to it. And there are little tiny beads of water that form and drip from the blade. Um, there is a bit of moisture even um, on, on the pedestal. It looks like they probably evaporate over time, but there is still there there is still like a dripping of water, like very very small amounts going on. And the placard on this one says "Storm Sickle." Friend explains that it is an enchanted weapon that uh, is imbued with the power of storms. And uh, the most unique thing about this is that when holding it, you can cause basically like it mechanically it allows you to make a ranged attack while still holding it up to cool. sixty feet away. But he describes it as like electricity arcing through the air to hit enemies at a great distance, despite this being a very short melee sort of weapon. I could be Thor. <laughs> could be Thor with a sickle. <laughs> the storm sickle. Mm -hmm. um, he also looks particularly um, like amused or has like an affinity for this item. Like he thinks it's. Um, you can just tell that he thinks that this one is another one that's that's really interesting. 
<laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, the first room kind of sucked. Like, we keep the good yeah. stuff over here. <laughs> this is the stuff I think is cool. Suck it well, to, like, you know, if, if they're just going to let anyone who, like, wins a lot in or whatever, let them into the room where they get away with, like, a candle or something like that. <laughs> you know, like, not, not something like this. Um, so the next one, this will be uh, of note to Bella. The placard beneath this item, uh, which is a silver lockpick, is called Locksmith's Bane. And you'll remember that Lilia uh, mentioned that this was what the um, organization requested in exchange for their information. Yep, so that's the number one priority for me. Sorry, yes. Bryce. <laughs> I like I like how she says Bryce, not Fergus. Like, ah, yeah, I yeah. myself. <laughs> so, like, I, I myself want this fictional uh, necklace. <laughs> <laughs> um. This lockpick actually seems to change shape slowly as you are looking at it. It twists and sort of reorients itself um, in very small, almost imperceptible ways. Um, mechanically, you would gain a plus three bonus on ability checks you make with the tool in order to pick a lock. But there is a price, he explains, because if someone who is wholly untrained or attempts to gain entrance to a, a treasure or a place that is far more guarded than they were prepared for, it could become, it could be destroyed altogether if someone unskilled were to use it, which mechanically is to say, if you make a one, when you roll your check, the item will disintegrate into dust. Yikes. So don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But if you're handing it over, that's their problem. Yeah. Not not my problem. So, um, I'm not using it. (laughs) Right. Unless you have to, to get out of here. Darian's like, it's fine. I'll die so that I don't. I don't. No, I, I know how to pick locks. I'm a rogue. I mean, you yeah, you say true. that, but then if if you roll like a three on the check, you're gonna be like, well, I do have this other lock pick that I. Oh don't. yeah, I mean, it can be a backup, <laughs> I guess, in a pinch. But yeah, you'll still have your thieves' tools. So just right. the enchanted ones will disappear, right? Um, so the final one he takes you to. Um, it's a. It's like a fist sized looking seed it has like roots protruding from one end Um, it almost like looks a little bit smooth like the side of an acorn and it's got like a mahogany kind of color to it Uh, the placard says seed of rebirth and he explains that were a creature or person or a group of people to attune themselves to this and plant it a magical tree would grow that would be inseparably connected to everyone that was involved in the attunement and the planting, and that should they perish, it it could bring them back to life in a way that is most closely associated with druidic magic, which is to say reincarnation type of spell. So you may not come back as you originally were, but at least your soul would still return to a body and you would have another opportunity at life. That's like really you cool. Could co- you could come back as a bear, maybe. You could come yeah. back to the bear, maybe. <laughs> Darian's like, is that an actual hint, or are you just fucking with me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not a hint. It's just... Well, actually, it's because it's the rules of reincarnation, you specifically wouldn't be able to come back as a bear, but you know what? What? Rules what? is written is whatever. Why not? Yeah, we can tweak the rules, yeah, right? We've literally got Rudy Chalk or whatever and <gasps> Cookie Kepler... <laughs> Rudy Patootie, I think is his name. Is the, it is. is. Yeah. Oh my god, Rudy Patootie. Yeah, the great wizard Rudy Patootie and his magical oh chalk. 
Um, so he gives you time to view any of the items that you want to, so you can have the opportunity to inspect them before moving on to the next room. Is there anything you'd like to look at in particular? Similar thing. I'm just I'm just going to go through and look through everything with about the same amount of time. Okay. Um, go ahead and both of you make perception checks, just generally. Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> rough day, rough day. A bear rolled a ten. Bella <laughs> rolled a five again. <laughs> There's a lot going on in this room. There's just a lot to pay attention to. And in doing so, you're taking all the appropriate information, um, but uh, nothing about the room sticks out to you, nothing about um, any of these descriptions, as wonderful as they are and as cool as they are. Um, the, you know, the two items ring a bell, and so you can like make a mental note of where they're at and continue on. I want to do something stupid so bad. Not yet. <laughs> Just wait. I love the idea that, Is that like, like you're exchanging looks. <laughs> yeah, like Bear's like staring at something with that like I'm gonna do it face, and yeah. Bella's just like mm-hmm. I'm gonna touch <laughs> the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so you all come back out into the main area, and he performs a similar um, like unlocking and gesture to the door to your north. This opens up into your hallway. There are no pedestals here, but there are floating shelves and hooks and stuff along the wall that display an additional five items. When he closes the door behind you in this room, again, there seems to be no like follow-up locking. It's simply closed, which is perhaps why one person is staying behind in that room with the remainder of the clerics and keeping an eye on things like uh, you're continuing on with the ability to... Um, to like perhaps enter those rooms again. So um, in this room, he describes some additional items. He doesn't give you information on what they do, but he points out to you on the wall on a floating shelf here is a book. It is white and it looks not extremely tattered, but well used and loved. It almost reminds you um, like the IRL equivalent would be like one of those old like joy of cooking books that is like a well-used cookbook. Um, and he, although these also don't have placards, he explains that this is a book of recipes and that it is noted that, um, or it is said that somehow one might feed someone from the very page- pages of this book. Um, oh, that's on my list too. Mm-hmm. Here Not super high, but. <laughs> is a glass jar of small fruit looking items. Um, and he calls them Mary Berries. <laughs> Here, uh, in like almost like a shadow box, uh, are two um, silver like electrum pieces. I guess they're not silver because they're electrum, <laughs> electrum pieces that are called fortunes five pence. And he makes uh, a comment about um, how people who live to decide their fate by fortune's chance, um, in particular, love those items because they are guided by fate. There is. Uh, On a shelf immediately to the left of this door, a small stuffed unicorn. Uh, And he refers to it as a snuggle beast. And it is said to be so comforting to someone that it might um, even restore their health to them should they be feeling unwell or have been in uh, an altercation. Can I show him the picture? Yes, please do. What do the Mary Berries do? 
He doesn't give a whole lot of descriptions on this room. They're very surface level. You get the idea that these could be um, either important or unique or um, like powerful items, at least relatively. Cute. Aww. It's so fluffy. I'm going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Hanging on the side of the door, or not, excuse me, not the side of the door, the side of the room on the right side and the only item that's over here um, and it's it's fairly close to this door, um, is a a lantern. It's hanging from an ornate hook, and he remarks that it is the wisp light lantern that um, is said to, and then he pauses and he says, well, it might serve someone who needs to speak to someone beyond life. And he says it very quickly, um, and I, you get the impression that the intention is to make it seem very fantastical, um, but he doesn't really give you any idea of what it might do. Um, and you're all given another few moments to kind of like walk around and look at these items. Again, you have to kind of stay confined to the carpeted area because of the like line on the floor and the instructions about not like crossing it. Um, and if there's anything you'd like to look at, um, you wouldn't sp- you wouldn't be able to spend a long enough time in this room to do like um, like. I forget how long you can like sit with something. Uh, I think you actually have to hold it to try to like gain the, uh, an idea of what it might do, but you could still get like, you could do like an arcana check or something or just like take a look at it and see if there's anything you want to look at. Up to you. I'm going to yeah. smell the berries. I'm going to like look it. real okay. close at them, try and catch yeah. a whiff. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> take a big sniff. <laughs> Waft it. <laughs> oh, that'd be perception. <laughs> kind of smells like poo. That's <laughs> what so my nose is just really stuffed today. You know. <laughs> well, you got you got pretty brutalized. Yeah, maybe I got bonked in the nose. Mm. Maybe, and, and you're pretty sure your sniffer is just not having a good day right now because it almost smells like cookies, and you're like, "Well, those are berries. Of course, it's not going to smell like cookies." <laughs> That's Unless just like thinking of lemon bars or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cookies so that's all for this room. Uh, he moves you into the next room. Uh, in this room, again, no like pedestals, just things hanging on the walls. Um, there is on one side, um, like propped up on a display that is on a little like floating shelf, uh, is a small like hair comb. Not a comb like you would use to brush your hair, a comb like you would stick into your hair as a, like a decoration. And it has like an ornate silver backing with two very beautiful. They look like they probably are pearls, but one is very like white silvery and has that sort of like pearlescent sheen. And the other one is a deep midnight blue with like glittery, glittery pearlescent specks in it. Um, he gestures to it and calls it uh, the sisters and um, just mentions that um, people with strong religious affiliations might be particularly interested in an item such as this. There is another glass like apothecary type jar uh, on the other side of the wall right here. Um, and he calls those the tears of Gaia. There are a handful of small like, greenish looking um, like teardrop shaped looking crystals there. And um, to the right of that on another floating shelf. And here is um, something that is referred to by friend as a spire seed. And it doesn't look, um, 
it is it has a very different look from the other seed that had been in the other room, but it has like a similar like very seed with a root sort of structure looking thing. Um, he does not explain anything about what that does. Is it like Jack and the Beanstalk? You ask that. Yeah. Is is Jack and a Beanstalk a thing? That is, like, is that a story? Is that a? We'll th- see if friends heard of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's from Big's Be- Big Bigby's Fairy Tales. Bigby's Fairy Tales. <laughs> I love it. Um, um, one might say such a thing. Uh, in short, what I can say about this particular item, which is quite fantastical, uh, is that planting it might result in a home for you and some of your friends. Cool. It's like, you can just build with that. You can just fucking wood and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's what he's saying. Uh-huh. <laughs> You'll gain the knowledge of uh, craftsmanship. <laughs> You'll become a carpenter. <laughs> um, so you're, all, you're, again, given time to look around the room so you can um, take an eye at anything, you know, keep take a look at anything you want to see. There is a little bit... Um, the carpet here is a little bit closer to the walls. You can get a little bit closer to these items, but that doesn't give you any like um, like bonus to discerning anything about their nature since you still can't touch them. What's going on with Gaia's tears? So it's, it's a small glass apothecary jar and it's got several of those like sort of like pale green little teardrop shapes um, things into it. It's not an item you've ever heard before. Are you asking friend about it? Yes. Okay. Um, well, one might say that uh, they are blessings, perhaps from Shantea herself, that uh, are very restorative to the land. Huh. He's not a very good tour guide if you have to ask about them for him to tell you. He's just like, look at this thing. It's like, I don't yeah. think that's like his job job. It's well, not like they're regularly giving tours of the collection. But he's giving a tour right now. This is yeah, job but right this now. happens like once a year. And like, yeah, how much does he actually know about them, right? Yeah, I, he seems like. But also, second in command of the cas- casino, and the casino has. He, he seems like he should know stuff. There's also a bit of like, um, the more information you give about something, the more attractive it might be to someone who's trying to steal it. So making it mysterious um, can make it interesting, but not like overly desirable but also there's like a lot going on today so like maybe he's like all right he's distracted as hell kind of yeah he, he feels like he really has to go to the bathroom but he heard that there's something wrong with the bathrooms and also yeah. he had to do this so like just kind of <laughs> just trying to get it over with can we can we uh check in with the singles uh guy has he has been say anything do anything is he vibing similar yeah similar vibe as before he seems like Interested, attentive, um, still stoic and removed, like whatever little conversations Bell and Bear might be having and questions they're asking. He's like, he's paying attention to the questions and the answers, but he doesn't seem to be overly interested in anything, doesn't spend too much time uh, inspecting anything, doesn't ask any questions of his own. He's just like, I just came to kick some people's asses and now I'm on a tour, I guess. Who is this (laughs) guy? He's a cleric? He's the one that um, he won the singles tournament. And when you and Bear were announced as the winners and he walked out, um, he he was like on the other side as they were. You were each announced individually the winners of each like each respective tournament. Bear's 
not super interested in this room, right? So sh- I'm going to mm-hmm. walk over there. I'm going to be like, hey, do you want to arm wrestle? <laughs> um, I'd rather not, no. Is he like kind of stoic? Yeah, a little aloof even. In fact, go ahead and make a perception check. Oh, yay. I know, I'm sorry. I've been so good <laughs> at those. This is the one. Oh, it's a nine. If I had a okay. dice like this, or if I if I had a die like this in real life that was rolling like this, it'd be in my fucking dice jail so fast. I have a minute <laughs> to throw those things in. I know. You get Just out get of my face, of you shitty die. Yeah. <laughs> Done with this. <laughs> Barrel to 12. There, you know, it's kind of off-putting that he was like so stoic anyway. And then when he doesn't even want to have fun, like who even is this guy? And you look down and you're reminded of like, the sort of like weirdness to his armor and you're like oh this must be because he's one of those like weird clerics but even he's like super weird because i don't even know who this is supposed to be like it's sune but it's definitely not sune it's like not fun sune <laughs> yeah <laughs> who's that lady on your armor he reaches down and he touches like the, the face of the woman he says of course it is uh sune uh, you might have heard of she is worshipped for her command of uh, beauty. Uh, her own beauty, it's in itself, and the domain of love which she presides over. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a love of your own? Or were you in the Not were you in the singles competition because you're She's single? Like- <laughs> <laughs> you single? <laughs> Sorry, wait, what race is this guy? Whoa. Wow. Uh, he is This oh. is important. <laughs> yeah. Uh he's a human. Oh, okay, perfect. If he's like some dragonborn, like I I'm a small elf. I'm not going to start hitting <laughs> on a dragonborn like I'm terrified of something like that. Human yeah. approachable. I can probably yeah. seduce this guy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, there goes our backup plan for you to seduce friend uh to to get the uh stuff. He called a friend yep. again. <laughs> He'll be a friend when Spell is done with him. <laughs> when you ask that, he kind of like, for the first time in all of the interactions you've had with him, there's almost like a little like, um, like quirk of interest, but not even necessarily like, oh uh, yeah, let's get it on. More like, um, more like almost like a sparkle of mischief. You're not quite sure why, but you're a little bit more educated and familiar with like several of the the followings of, of deities and their worshippers and what their kind of like style of worship is. Sune and her type tend to be like super affectionate, overly friendly, like let's sit down and have a love circle and um, like group therapy and then maybe an orgy later, like whatever. They're they're just like he does not fit the demeanor of a follower of Sune. And this is the point at which, as you were like, you watch Bear like talking to him and he has this kind of like, like aloof response. Um, and she kind of like looks down and is like, you know, what's your deal? Who's that? And you're looking at the armor. You notice behind the sort of picture of like the woman with the red hair, which like you immediately know to be Sune, you see this sort of like weird edge work that almost looks like the outline of like a jaw um, like a skull jaw on like the bottom of the like of her chin essentially and 
had you noticed earlier uh, that you would have already known, but this is the point at which his like dichotomous personality and weird interactions kind of connect the dots for you. And you are reminded of a deity called Siric. Siric, who is evil aligned, a big trickster, who is noted as being the one who kind of fell out of favor even for a lot of his own followers when he killed Mistra, which led to the spell plague. Not nearly as commonly worshipped as he was at one point, but still very present and still very powerful and still very, like, into mischief and trickery. And this is something that, like, suddenly dawns on you as you're, like, taking in all of this information and kind of, like, it coalesces, I guess, into this knowledge. Okay, so I get a playful little smirk on my face. Mm -hmm. And, uh... Essentially, what I would like to do is I would like to let him on to the fact that I, I realize that he's deceiving people, but he's no longer deceiving me. Okay. Without giving it away to anybody else in the room. And I want to try to do it in a playful way so it still seems like I'm trying to seduce him. Okay. Okay. I don't know how to do that. Darian's not quite as cunning as Bella okay. is. So maybe Bella might, like... um after he responds, because I think what he said was like, not currently or whatever, um, you could do something like reach over and like look like you're to anyone else, um, sort of like tracing the outline of like the jaw of the woman on the armor, but you're actually like running your finger over the slight detailing that shows the like skull sort of like shape and ridges and stuff and make like a comment on that, that kind of saying something about like uh, having a a rather delicate jawline, but there's like sarcasm behind your voice or something Um, so that it seems like flirty, like you're reaching over and making like, um, like a small touch like people do when they're flirting with people. But um, you're specifically pointing out the sort of like obvious oddity to his religious iconography. Yes. I'm looking Perfect. at a picture of Siric on uh, Wiki, and honestly, I feel like he's a little bit of uh, Darian's type. <laughs> Why would you say that? Because I know what you're into, and this guy looks kind of like that. <laughs> Wait, I have to go look at a picture now. <laughs> All right, everyone, take a minute to Google this. How do you, s- yeah. how do Here, you spell it? I'll, I'll drop uh, it in C-Y-R-I-C. Yeah, C-Y-R-I-C. Oh no! <laughs> Was that oh no because he's right? He may have uh, hit the nail on the head with that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> and and so you, um, Bella, you know that Sune's whole thing is like the beautiful woman with red hair over a sunburst, and Siric's symbol is the skull over like a dark sort of version of like a star or sunburst type thing shape too. So, like, now that you've realized it, this is, like, a really good camouflage because of the two, like, religious symbols having so many similarities that can easily be, like, blended together. So you do that. Um, Let me see uh, if he notices. Would Morthos have seen him fight? Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm wondering if they're, like, if that was the case, would that information, like, seeing how he fights be useful in any way? Maybe. Well, and they would have had the opportunity to watch him fight too, so should they have like chosen to, and he seemed to be a pretty typical cleric. 
Mason I haven't type played stuff. a cleric in fifth edition. Can they reverse spells, like prepare spells in reverse, or are there specific spells like bless versus curse? There are specific spells like okay. there's bless and there's bane, and there's uh, cure wounds and inflict wounds. Ba- ba- okay, based on the things that he did, could you maybe tell that he was an illusion cleric? based on his what he casted in terms of spells during his fights did he unless someone was really looking for it that probably wouldn't have come up because it was mostly um just like hand-to-hand combat he was able to like sustain himself yeah exactly like when there's just one person facing off against another um it there's less opportunity for like that sort of like strategic planning to like distract and do things like that well i mean there's uh was that that mirror image spell that would probably be Mm -hmm. good good for singles combat that's not a cleric spell is it i think i think illusion clerics get it they get um so trickery clerics would get um what is called it's it's essentially that um but it's part of their like yeah at third level trickery clerics have um a mirror image available to them and then they also have a channel divinity um ability called invoke duplicity where they create a a second like illusory duplicate yeah. of themselves um, did, he, did he pull those tricks during the um not that anyone saw oh. I mean, I feel like you'd notice if a second, if, if there's another guy out there. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It would Rice. suddenly make it not a singles yeah. combatant sort of thing. Yeah, Bella already figured it out. So I don't. I mean, yeah. well, you. I don't know how Morthos yeah. reflecting on the fight would help necessarily. I. I guess in case you had to fight that person. Yeah. <laughs> there, no, I'm trying to seduce him onto my side. I want yeah. him to fight with us when I steal the necklace. There, there's, there's maybe a deal of like you could be a cleric of a god, but not necessarily be a trickster person, like you know. So d- d- uh, knowing what his thing is could be helpful, but yeah, we weren't, we weren't have any knowledge other than what you just gained. Mm-hmm. What he's done. So, um. So Bella does that. Go ahead and make a seduction roll. Say persuasion. Um, yeah, we'll do a persuasion. Make a persuasion check. I rolled a fifteen. No use. So um, <laughs> both both in the um, in the vein of trying to um, to seduce um, or to inspire his uh, companionship, and in trying to communicate subtly that you have like picked up on the ruse. Um, so you, you engage in this action and there's this moment of like acknowledgement on his face um, where it seems like whether or not you have uh, like piqued his, his romantic or uh, lustful interest uh, remains to be seen. But he has acknowledged for sure that you have communicated something um, like in subtext uh, and his demeanor does generally change a little bit. He seems a little, I wouldn't say warmer, um, but he seems a little bit um, like mischievous. Like there's a little bit of like a coyness to him now. Um, and he responds and uh, says something to the effect of, well, I can appreciate both a strong and a delicate jawline and gives you like a wink. And um, he he kind of like, looks casually over at a uh, friend and at this other uh, imposing woman uh, uh, figure 
uh, <laughs> who I don't think she's introduced herself to you. Um, oh, I'm, I'm so so the strong woman has been traveling through the thing with them. Mm-hmm. Wow, surprised Bear hasn't tried to arm wrestle them yet. <laughs> uh, yeah, Rico and the rest of the clerics are still in this main room back here, but um, but her name is Stacy. Easily easy enough to refer to her as Stacy. I, I had some people make NPCs, and I was like, of course you would give them a name like Stacy. So Stacy and Fred are in here with the three of them. Um, when he glances over, it's less like trying to check on what they're doing. Matt, are you, and Matt, are you like, thinking about Stacy's mom right now? Uh, for a moment, I had that thought, yeah, uh, and then I got a very big grin on just, your face, and I was like, "Are you are you thinking Stacy's mom's got to go?" I was just thinking of like, I guess you could like spell Stacy in a very unconventional way, and it would kind of fit like thematically. But then I was just thinking how silly it sounded. Just like here's Stacy, and, th- and then I was just giggling so- to myself. <laughs> I used to work really hard to make names sound very, like, high fantasy-ish. And then I found out that one of the oldest recorded, um, like, names for a woman is Tiffany. Like, it's in the Bible, I think, and stuff. Hmm. Tiffany. A name that, like, is super common nowadays, even. And I was like, you know what? It makes sense that there might be a Stacy in high fantasy, because why not, right? Like... Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so I, that's my justification for why sometimes names like Stacy and Susan show up <laughs> in a D and D game. Um, so yeah, uh, so so he kind of glances over at them and is like, "I think we're ready for the next room whenever you are." Um, and that's kind of like the first time you've really seen him like interact with them. Uh, and friend nods and uh, begins to, like proceeds opening the door. Um, similarly to the last one, he doesn't engage in locking the door behind him. And in fact, this door is left open, the, the previous door. So once the um, the next door is opened, you enter into a room that only has a few items in it. He walks in and there is a path that is made obviously safe that travels kind of from right in front of the door and over one little like set of squares and then up to the edge of the carpet. And you'll see the lines on the floor. So you have to follow him in that specific path. And then once you're on the carpet, you're again kind of like free to roam. And there is, um, there are two main pedestals in this room. And then there is one item that is hanging in another sort of like shadow box type of situation that is on the wall on the back. On the left pedestal, is a large shield that emits a faint glow. And on the right is uh, a set of armor. This one does not emit any type of glow. So um, on the left, there's a placard that says Aegis of Radiance. And on the right, there's a placard that says Moon Swaddled Armor. Friend explains about the Moon Swaddled Armor that uh, it is quite comfortable despite um, the sort of typical discomfort that comes with armor. And that additionally, it has special properties when worn in the nighttime. It is uh, more protective to the wearer and uh, also tends to uh, bolster their vitality. He moves on to the shield that is called the Aegis of Radiance. And he explains that this is an item that is unique to those who walk the footsteps of faith. And he kind of looks over at this Alatil person and says it might be of particular interest to him. And um, he explains that this shield, once attuned to a person, will um, not only provide the protection that a typical shield would, 
but a power from it can be called forth that causes it to create um, like a barrier around the person and gives them the benefit of um, and the protection that comes with the shield, but they no longer require to hold it for a short time. Um, cool. And this does, um, while his demeanor has like somewhat grown slightly more casually as you're all ushered into this room, you can tell now that his interest is very piqued um, when it comes to this particular item. So it's the one cool. he wants to steal. Yeah, hold on. <laughs> Perhaps. What's the last mm-hmm. item? So the last item on the wall uh, is an item that does not have a placard, but I will let Bryce describe what oh. necklace looks like. Uh, it is a... God, let me pull, pull up a picture of... Um, it's pretty. Fiona... <laughs> Uh, is pretty shiny Shrek. Y'all seen Shrek? <laughs> it's it's a little uh weird because in the first film uh it's actually green but in the second film it's red. Uh but we're going to go with the red version uh personally because I kind of like the idea of maybe that one was given by Shrek. Um Oh. Oh god. I, f- I tried Shrek necklace and I'm finding necklaces <laughs> with Shrek. Yeah. It's like, no. no it's no. a Shrekless. Shrekless. Oh, now I want a Shrekless. I know. That might be like the best use of a big chain, right? Like, you have a, like, you know, <laughs> big diamond chain with a big Shrek. Why are oh there God. so oh, many? There. Okay. This is, I think this is the version I want. Uh, to go with, um, because yeah, this is obviously Shrek too. Seriously, why are there so many Shrek necklaces? <laughs> That's a good question. The world does not need that many for sure. Uh, the better question is why? Why does Fiona seem to always be wearing a different ne- necklace? Um, I've, as a princess, I imagine she has more than. No, uh, you got it. You got to stick with the theme. Um, the the uh necklace is. Uh, gold with uh small uh almost uh tiny um rubies throughout the the chain portion, and then the center uh portion has a a heart shape to it with with a um larger uh ruby uh colored stone uh in the center of uh that. So you see this very own ornate, obviously finely made. Um, necklace in again like a shadow box type of situation on the wall it does not have a placard and friend gestures to it and says and this is a trophy it is said that it once belonged to the um, royal family of another kingdom and has come into the possession of the collector which which I would obviously have described the look of it to Bella for sure Because it's like, hey, you're in there to get get this, so you would you would uh, immediately recognize it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, similar to the other rooms, kind of give a general look at everything. But then I'm gonna, oh, cutie, like flip my hair, walk up to the uh, Mm -hmm. to the trickster man, and I'm gonna say, hey, does that uh, does that shield interest you? Well, it does have a certain flair to it that I enjoy. Let's say. Let's say you help me and my friend here make it out with a few things, and I help you get that shield. 
Huh. It seems we may have more in common than I thought. Well, I need that necklace and a few things in the other room if possible. In the other rooms if possible. But especially that lockpick thing. And <laughs> let me list off my shopping list to you, guy. That <laughs> just, like I've written it down. Itemized receipt Here of you all go. the things that I need. <laughs> you know, if we can honestly just kind of uh, supermarket sweep this place, that would honestly be great. Storm sickle. I want the storm sickle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm muted. And Bear's like, get the book for Cookie. <laughs> oh, that was on my list. Don't worry, Cookie. Don't worry, I want, cookie. That. I want the worry, rose I ring sense. too. I want to impress impress people with it. <laughs> well, that's that in the same cool. room as the stormsicle, right? No. no, it's not. It's in the it's in, in the, the lane room. room with the, the candle. Lane. The, lane the scepter room. room. Let me read to you what the Nolchalk actually does, because this was one of my favorite items. And I like he's not supposed to describe it super well. Well, here's what it actually does. Oh, spoilers. As an action, you can touch from the sticks of chalk to the ground wall or ceiling to magic create a line that is up to 50 feet long and one foot thick. The line extends from your location in the direction and in shape of your choice, and you can shape it in any way you choose as long as you make one continuous path on a surface or similar adjacent surfaces. Once, stick of ch- once a stick of chalk has been used, it disintegrates, yada, yada. Magical effects can't cross this line. The line's effect extends 20 feet perpendicularly on the surface on which the line is drawn. Targets on the other side are considered to have full cover for the purpose of being targeted by spells or magical effects. Magical items that cross the line become mundane and non-magical for one round. The first time a celestial elemental fey, fiend, or undead attempts to cross the line, they must make a charisma saving throw and they might be buffeted back. Or they might just take some damage and pass through. Um, like, it's like a sea bear it's a circle. really cool item. Okay. And I'm like, come on. That this is, is really fun, cool. actually. I solved it now. Okay. So first you get the chalk. Then you use that to draw lines to be able to get to the the uh, the ring. Then you put on the ring. Then you can grab the, uh, the tubes. Then you use the tubes to... Yeah, yeah, else. Bryce. I'm not gonna backtrack to go grab the chalk to I make this work. Your escape room. We win. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gonna try to get this cleric guy to take this shield and be my battering ram while we make our way out. Well, <laughs> I think I think before and any- then maybe sleep with him later. I don't know. It's still on the table. See what happens. It's early. I think <laughs> I think before any of that happens, uh, now is probably a good time to jump back to Fergus. It has been long enough that you uh, like I, I, you can't exactly tell how long it might take to get through the collection, but I did figure this was a good jumping point because it's been several minutes at this juncture that you know they've been uh, gone. Based on the sch- schematics that the uh, lady gave before, the vault should be right to the left of them. Correct? Do they see? Do they see that or? Um, they don't see anything that resembles a vault at all. Um, in fact, actually, before we switch back, so um, as you're making this proposition, Bella, um, Alatel, um, what kind of quirk and eyebrow, and um, you've got your backs turned to um, Fran and Stacy, who are kind of close to the door as you're um, like inspecting these items. And uh, he, he looks at you and he says, oh, anything about the layout of this place strike you as odd? Um, and go ahead and make an intelligence check. Oh, I've got I've got decent intelligence. Uh, I rolled a twelve. 
But I don't no, see that. Says that. It's not yeah, like I'm, a. It doesn't like the map and the layout. There's a big section that's missing behind where the scepter is. I noticed that right away because we went into that mundane room and then we went to the other side and I was like, what's going on? There's just a hole there. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you bring that up then? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, you are quite a perceptive one. Um, none of these items are actually in these rooms. Ah, I actually had that thought earlier of because you said like things were like flickery and stuff and I was like, could it all be illusion? I don't know how illusion magic works in fifth ed either, but in first ed, if you can guess that it's an illusion, you can literally, literally just say, I, I know this is an illusion, and then it's just gone. Mm-hmm. Like, if your character so, can figure that out. It doesn't disappear in fifth edition, but what happens is everything will look super real and tangible, and then once you realize it's an illusion, it, it gains a bit of like a translucence to it, so you can tell that it's an illusion. Interestingly enough, when he says that and you look around, what you would expect to happen doesn't exactly happen. Um, and let's see if he reads that on your face. I know it might be hard to believe. Everything looks pretty real to me. But the information I have um, comes from, you might say, a higher place. We need to get to the scepter if you want anything. Oh, yes, I do want. Let's go. It was a bit of a hitch. There seems to be a pretty large group of people back by the main door. I think we'll have a little bit of time to make our way through and look at things again, but we're going to need a bit of a distraction. So, as uh, as the knowledge that these items are illusory or otherwise not actually in these particular rooms is divulged, uh, we cut back to Fergus and Morthos, who have been uh, left outside all this. Now, of course, Cookie, you can be in on whatever they're about to do, too, but that wasn't the original plan. So if you have anything you want to do, let me know as well. Yeah, I was trying to figure out how Cookie could be brought into this, but I'm not totally sure. Unless they come in as guards and be like, hey, she's a witness. She needs to come with us. That's the only thing I can think of offhand. Mm-hmm. I I mean, I thought I had said early that you were like supposed to be around the collection passing out the treats to the guards, but obviously you did that way early. Yeah, because it had to kick in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the thought was that you would be by the collection for that purpose, but uh, yeah. So, she unless, could be unless... passing around non-drugged yeah. treats. Uh, celebratory <laughs> treats. I suppose, yeah. Be like, it's the end of, it's, we're we're in the prime of it. Good job. We've had a rough day, everyone. Mm-hmm. The Celebratory cake. Bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, so I, I think we'll jump back to uh, uh, when he's having the conversation with Joseph. Um, and he, he after kind of like trying to like reassure him and stuff and going like, uh, it's going to get worse. Uh, he, he goes, now that the... Uh, tournament is over um and obviously they are uh flustered by the uh by our presence we need to press the advantage and we need to move the strike into the casino 
and he he uh, looks at Joseph and and he goes, "I need you guys to take up position in the center of the main lobby and continue striking, while uh, I go meet with the collector." Oh, so we we got our meeting. I'm gonna go get us our meeting right now. Okay. So we keep chanting? Yes, but inside the <laughs> casino. Okay. He'll turn and be like, All right, everyone, let's go inside. <laughs> and and uh as he as he says that, uh Fergus kind of like gives him like a, a, a kind of like semi hard like pat on the back. Ki- kind of, kind of like reassuring, but also like onward. Mm-hmm. Uh and then as as they kind of make their way forward, he uh kind of steps to the side. Uh is where is Morthos right now? I was last in the lobby, uh trying to I mean, I don't know if I was still trying after they started if they, they got escorted away, so like, you know, I don't know if I'm gonna get paid anymore to try to get people to meet the champions okay the people are still standing in a line the four that already paid you and a couple of people who are like milling around and going and seeing what they're standing in a line for have come have since come up to you and you've got you've acquired another 15 silver okay so there are seven people in that line also gonna make an effort to distance myself from that so that i'm not accountable for it later are you you (laughs) making your way outside with your distancing or uh Nobody's working right now. I was going to say, like, normally I'd probably try to go up to, you know, the lounge area or the gambling table stuff. But since nothing's working. Oh, they're still trying to operate. Um, but I don't think you've been in there to see what's going on with it. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'd probably head with patrons wherever the general flow went. So if it was like up to the tables or up to. Once Bear and Bella leave, the sort of like excitement does die down after um, a few moments. And while there's still like a core of people that are kind of standing around and talking about like how cool the fights were and and the interesting parts that they liked the most, um, there was a big chunk of people that broke off and kind of like trickled upstairs. So what, what ends up happening is they all head upstairs, the scene unfolds in front of them, and there's refuse trying to be cleaned up, and there's a stench in everywhere that doesn't have the like zones. And um, what you'll notice when you end up upstairs at one point is that the, it's almost like there are candles, but these are like candles that do like, they're really strong or maybe there is a bit of like prestigitation magic to them, but they've lit candles at each table now that still has somebody actually dealing cards. And it smells really terrible up there until you get close enough to the table. And there's this like mm. zone of like nice smell cleanliness to it. Um, so there are some people sitting and playing, but everyone else is kind of like pressed into these zones really densely to try to avoid the smell. And then you can choose whether or not you would end up staying up there or heading back down because it stinks. Uh, yeah, I think I'd stay around because like I know that the collection is on the other side of, you know, I know where that is. And so I'm trying to hang around just to. Yeah, and see. being tall like you are, you could easily kind of like lean over people and get into the. The stink-free zone. Okay, well, if Fer- if Morthos is nowhere to be found, then Frigus is gonna, uh, he's gonna like look around for him and be like, okay, well, can't do anything. Give him a signal, and he, um, 
ducks. Had you explicitly said like anywhere to meet? Like I, I, I know the, that the understanding was that remember. I was going to give you a signal after the fight. Okay. So yeah, and a signal didn't come for a long time. Yeah, just so. wandering around at this point, just like yeah, hey, what's going on? Uh, so yeah, uh, he Fergus looks around for more of those. He would you'd be upstairs, I guess, at that point. As the uh, strikers make their way into the the casino, uh, Fergus like ducks into an alley nearby and then uh, puts on the uh, guard uniform and then ties the matching uh, bandana around uh, Rascal. Um, and then and then uh, once d- disguised uh, as as well as he can, I think he he's also like uh, got a um like matching uh bandana that he's kind of trying to like pull up as high around his face as he can that doesn't look like too shady just like uh i'm a gar i got a big i got a lot of fabric going on i got a cape i got a lot of stuff but but like trying to hide his face uh as much as he can um especially as he passes the the strikers Uh, okay um and so you've gone and done that without Morthos, right? You left and like ducked into an alley. Yeah, he, he uh, okay. Frigus would have tried to signal him to do the same at this at this point, but since he can't find Morthos, he he goes to do it on his own. Okay. Okay. So you enter into the building. Where do you go? Uh, he uh, uh, tries to slip uh past the strikers. Uh, obviously making a ruckus in that kind of main. Uh, that you know. Uh, center part of the lobby and uh, make his way upstairs. They rolled natural ones on all their perception checks. Mm. No recognition. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Literally three in a row. (laughs) What are the odds? Anyway. Uh, Yep, and then he uh, makes his uh, way up. I think if he's passing Morthos, if he sees Morthos while making his way up, he kind of, like, makes his way over, kind of, like, tries to nudge him or something to to get his attention. Okay. Yeah. Um. You, like, just following the flow of the place is easy enough. Um, you go up there, and, and he's pretty easy to spot in a crowd, so. Yeah, I, I guess he kind of just nudges him. He's obviously already in his guard uniform at that point, and he's... He, just kind of like he he kind of glares at him a little bit of 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 kind of in a like like confused and uh angry of like why are you up here um obviously without saying that just kind of just trying to say that with a look um and and then uh yeah and i I guess I assume I de- definitely recognize him at that point. I mean, like if you, he's in you my know, face, you you know the uniform I'd be wearing. So it's just the uniform. Yeah, it's not like anything else disguising he you. Really, have a disguise kit on. He just okay. has a lot of fabric. Yeah, yeah. And Rascal's there now. So mm-hmm. yeah, and there's Rascal like <laughs> with with a blue bandana instead of a red one. All right, Rascal is sniffed the air closer to where you are and has now got his head stuck. Like next to your legs, where the smell is nicer. I have my disguise kit on me, right? That's or not well, my kit, but I have the uniform on me, so I'll dip into. Well, I guess the bathrooms are the other side, right? The other side also has bathrooms. The other side's still okay. There's a line. There's a line. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna push past people to get in to the bathroom. Um, there's general disgruntlement, um, and a couple of people like say very unkind things, kind of like under their breath, but no one seems to stop you. Okay, then I'll I'll change and come back out. Um, and hope they don't notice me that time. <laughs> the like seven foot tall tiefling <laughs> who suddenly comes out as a guard. I love Did it. you put on? disguise kit stuff or you just put on the uniform no, i just put on the uniform because okay. i saw you i was like oh it's time okay let's go okay like uh i love it okay d- while he's doing this like uh fergus is like trying to slowly make his way towards the collection but like looking around like where like kind of being like ah i gotta find the guy but like obviously like trying to stall for time like he's trying to look purposeful but while while okay. stalling okay yeah, so you're kind of, you know, doing your, like, walk around and look for somebody important enough to talk to or whatever kind of thing. Um, and then Morthos eventually makes their way out of the the bathroom in in guard outfits. Um, no one seems to be taking any particular notice. One of the, the like, card dealers looks over at you at one point, um, Fergus, with kind of, like, a quizzical look as you're, like, pacing around. Um, but until you address somebody, everybody seems to just be, like, continuing with what they're doing. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, once Morthos, like, makes his way out of the bathroom now in his uh, guard uniform, he he looks uh, over at, at... I'm, like, adjusting it, you know, <laughs> like, I just coming out of the bathroom anyway, but, like, getting everything straightened out again. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he looks over at Morthos and is like, come on, rookie, we gotta we gotta deal with this. And uh, and they uh, make their way up toward the collection uh, as as far into that area as, as they can get before someone stops them. Okay. Outside the door, the main door of the collection, which is the one that's like at the back behind that statue, uh, there is one very ill-looking uh, guard who's like kind of like leaned against the wall and kind of like bent over with like a hand on one knee kind of thing. Um, they look like to be a young half elven person. And um, as you approach, they kind of like look up at you, like wincing, still like probably on their face, and wait for you to say something. Uh, Fergus uh, looks at him and goes, Where's your boss? What? what it, are you a guard? Uh-huh. And, and he, he just goes, I need to. I need to talk to who's in charge in here. I, and he, he just like kind of like tries to push his, his way uh, past uh, closer to the, like into the collection. He's like half leaning on like his one knee and and like the other hand is on like this like pike he's got. And he watches as you like walk over to the door um, and like it's locked so you can like push and pull on it and stuff and it won't open up. And he's like, oh, he's in there. He's giving a tour right now. He goes do you have the key? No, he does. They're, they're kind of busy. Can you come back later? No. Do you want to... You're getting robbed right now. And uh, I think Fergus pulls out... He, God. Um, I, I really just... Bear in mind, he feels terrible because he's got, like, yeah. Right so that's why he's like, oh, what? Yeah, I, I, I figured that. I'm okay. trying to, like, I want to see if I can break down the door. Um, It's a solid metal door. Oh, is it? Yeah. When you said you're getting robbed, though, make a persuasion check. 
Uh, I rolled a six. Oh, uh, no. Can Morthos uh, assist me? Hmm. Good, yeah. Or he could just roll one himself. That too. Yeah, Morthos should be doing the lion. I'll reinforce that. Be like, son, you're getting robbed right now. Like, <laughs> things are bad. Yeah, I guess persuasion or uh, deception, actually. I said persuasion, but... Yeah, I think technically it'd be... <laughs> just... you're, you're technically not lying, though, yeah. because they're about to get robbed, so... But yeah, so persuasion or, intim- or uh, deception, either one. I'll also roll persuasion. So getting robbed. 11. Okay. Could... Um, if Cookie was around, could she come up and be like, what are you doing? Let them in! <sighs> okay, you know what? Yeah, so, like... Knowing that they were doing that and having the like the treats that you were trying to like pass out that no one is taking, like no one wants any food right now, and they seem actually really apologetic about it. Um, that nobody seems to have connected the dots of like maybe what you passed out making them sick. They just obviously look very ill, and they're like, "Oh, that's really sweet, but I don't want any food right now." Mm-hmm. Um, so you see them go up there, and you can see like a uh, like uh, an excited exchange of information. And this guard is like talking to them and looking generally disinterested. And you could definitely kind of pop in um, and say that we're going to say for I was going to say like maybe they think like the the smell of the shit is causing them sick, not the the shit is is why we a little bit of color yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> um it's a very shitrous aroma in the air yeah. right now Ooh. um so when when cookie comes up and says that um they they look up at you and they're like but who what no one said anything and they kind of like lean back and they start like beating on the door uh and they're like hey rico <laughs> Beat on the door again. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was uh, like when uh, the guy says uh, nobody said anything. He's like, he just kind of like gestures at his uniform, uh, uh, being of water Waterdeep city guard, and like, do you not know who I am, who we are? And he like gestures at at Amorthos. Well, normally you come after we tell you, and then at this is the point at which the door like opens up, and Rico's like. What are you doing? We're not supposed to open this door. What? Can I help you? And looking over at like Cookie and the guards, like what? I what? Uh, Fergus looks at uh, Rico and is like, "Are you in charge here?" N- no. Well, but- show me to who is. You are being robbed right now. Your casino, your gold is being robbed right now. Uh, okay, okay, uh, you two, come in, uh, Jerry, I'm sorry, you can't, you two come in here. And, yeah, we, we step inside. hmm So you go in, um, he closes the door quickly behind you, and, um, he gestures, like, Perfect. follow me kind of thing, and as he starts walking, he yells, friends, Stacy! Um, so you two, uh, inside the other room... You uh, you hear Rico's voice as this guy is like, nothing is actually in this room. And you you have the end, end point of like that portion of the conversation. You hear um, Rico's voice yelling for Fred and Stacy. Um, and there's like, he's like fast walking, if that makes sense. There's the like sounds of like armor clinking and stuff like that. 
Um, huh. None of the doors are locked right now, so you can quickly pass from the main room to the mid room to like all the way back through to the room with the two like pieces of armor in it. Uh, and Rico comes running in, and Fran and Stacy immediately whirl around and are like, "What? Why have you let more people inside?" And he's like, "They, they said that the 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 treasury is being robbed, and no one said anything else, and everyone's sick, and I." I uh, and he's kind of like at a loss for words a little bit. And they look very disappointed. They're like, no, I'm sorry. You can't be in here. You need to leave. Uh, Fergus uh, looks at them like they're idiots and is like, city guard, water deep city. Guard. We outrank. We have been on this case for at least a month. There is a group of criminals robbing your casino right now uh and he he like quickly uh grabs uh, a piece of uh paper from from his pocket and he's like uh they're 11 strong the leaders named george pond they got a grease man named uh the spectacular willie uh paul <laughs> the whole <laughs> <Grease> <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't even the best one. Um, their their muscles named Bash Bowl, and and he looks like fresh air for a minute. And they got the demolition experts, Snap, Crackle, and Pop. No, <laughs> they came out of retirement for this. We got word. Man, that's a good. <laughs> that's a good poll. Yeah. Uh, I you you guys don't know how long I've been thinking of of this. I, 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 I had I had that demolition expert down for a while, but I was like just quickly uh, trying to write down as many like other ni- members of the crew as I could think of. Um, uh, eleven, obviously, oceans. Eleven was what I was trying to reach for, but I could not yeah. come up with eleven names or or their fine. positions. Uh, but uh, Fergus uh goes. Uh, we, we've been, uh, uh, investigating them for some time. We have an inside man on their crew, but they managed to get into your vault. They are in your vaults right now. And, um, when you say that, um, Stacy looks at Rico and says, why did you bring them in here? You should have taken them downstairs. Fergus, uh, gestures to Morthos as he kind of says that as he, uh, like, I th- I think Fergus had uh, mentioned earlier of like, hey, when I do a gesture, do thaumaturgy to make the room make things shake to kind of sell sell my they're in your vault right now, uh, statement. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can make the room. Yeah, shake. Th- thaumaturgy can make uh, lo- low rumbles. Yeah, I did that uh, to get everybody out of there in, in the. I don't remember what the forest yeah. was that we were in, but yeah. yeah, I made the ground shake that one time. Okay. Yeah, you could do that by whispering something or looking away or whatever and trying to make it not obvious that you're casting spell. Uh I th- okay. uh, along if he if he asked to like speak for it, um the the other signal I think that has been taught is that w- during the kind of like training exercises with Bear, Fergus has has been trying to well, I guess probably not during the training exercises with Bear, but like uh, over the month, uh, Fergus has been trying to teach Rascal to bark on command, where like he's gonna uh, gently like pat his uh, leg, and uh, when he does that, um, Rascal like barks uh, a-, a bit. 
um, which can mm. which can mas- mask his voice, and it's also supposed to be like, uh, oh, he 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 senses something. There's something going okay. on. I thought you were going to say you were treating Morpheus. <laughs> I was like, Bart okay, Morpheus. hold on. We should have done that in character. But okay, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Did did Stacy get the line off before you said that? Of She said it, but it wasn't like she was yelling it over him or anything like that. Um, so. Okay. You could still do it. Okay, yeah. So I guess, yeah, I'm trying to focus it, you know, definitely below our feet now that she said, mm-hmm. why didn't you take them downstairs? Yeah. It's just... Yeah, a rumble in the floor. Rumble in the jungle. Okay, I did it. I cast it. <laughs> I cast yeah. it. Okay. I I think I think with that uh, thing though, Friggish chimes in and goes. According to the schematics, our in uh, our uh, inside man uh, uh, passed back to us. It said your vault was up here this point friend would um like like insert themselves into the conversation and say there are no schematics on record for this building so whatever your friend has are probably inaccurate okay well uh whatever inaccuracies i could our inside man just managed to get back the message they're in so wherever your vault is you best take us there right now or else you ain't gonna have a casino tomorrow because the gold's gonna be gone so Stacy will look at Rico and say, "You stay here. I'll go with them." Uh, and she like literally grabs you both by the shoulders, even though you're guards. She's like, uh, in her mind, this is like this is her domain, right? So she's like, "Follow me," and like grabs you and starts pulling you. Um, and she's gonna start heading back out towards the exit door. Okay, I got, uh, then we'll we'll go with them. And okay. uh, I think I think as that happens. Uh, bear, like the rest of them would have would have been ushered to this room as well. Or are they? Alatil had his hand on a dagger, uh, Bella, and you noticed that because you were standing next to him when the conversation was happening, and he was like, "You're being robbed right now." Um, he literally reached down for a weapon. So if you wanted to stop him, you could. But if you don't, and you wanted to see what he does, you could totally do that as well. You said Alatil reached for the weapon. He reached for his own dagger. Mm-hmm. Nah, he can do his thing. Okay. I'll reach for my daggers. Okay. And defensively. Oh, my God. And my right. sword. <laughs> and my oh sword. And my God. <laughs> so, Stacy leaves with the two of them. Oh, uh, well, okay. So, I mean, my question was, were they in the... Were um, Bella and Bear in the room with us? Yeah. Okay. Uh, we got brought all the way to the back. Yeah, because that's her friend and Stacey. Okay, were. okay. Then I think um, just as we're getting like pulled away, like Fergus kind of like looks at Baron Belladonna, uh, just kind of like here's here's something, kind of kind of trying to do a deal <laughs> of like this is this is it as as we get as we get as we get as we get like escorted away. It's like this is this is this is what I got. Yeah. So the two of you know that that leaves um, either just Friend and Rico or Friend Rico and a room with three like clericy types in it. Um, they didn't look like they had weapons on them, but who knows what magics they might possess as um, Fergus and Morthos leave the room. 
Ferguson, Morphos, is you near the exit. Um, Stacy is going to wave the clerics to follow you all. So they will actually be following you downstairs. What are you going to say? I was going to say, did Fergus not see the necklace? Uh, oh, well, if I was in the back room, then yeah, we you were. would see it. Like, unless you moved closer, you wouldn't get a super good look okay. at it. You'd see a necklace on the wall. And um, it's it's one of those things like, you know, how museums will have like dark zones and then they'll have like yeah. paintings lit up individually. That's kind of how something like that is on the wall. So it's generally dark and it's lit up and you can see like a necklace and it very much like from the shape that you came out looks like the one you're hoping for. But um, but that would make if you were to. If you came in with a beeline and talking to them, your ability to notice that might have been diminished. Like right. you wouldn't necessarily know where in the collection it was. And if you were super focused on convincing them, yeah, I, yeah. I was just curious, like if he yeah saw it at all, just in that moment. Because what's like, your passive perception? Uh, mine is twelve. Mm-mm. Oh. It's like he's been so laser focused, you know, the whole mission on that, and it's like he's in the room with. Yeah. An illusion of that, but like to him, it's that right. It's there. Yeah, I, like, I, I think I think Fergus would be trying to like lock eyes with whoever he considers is the most authoritative to kind of like try and out authority them in the situation. I yeah, I assume that was his intent. That's why Stacy ended up going. Oh, is there the most authoritative then? Um. Okay. She's the head. That's okay. Uh, also, I was going to say, um, well, maybe the Thieves Guild doesn't need, the, the, or shouldn't get their uh, thing because they gave us inaccurate information. <laughs> Nobody knew. Well. Also, you don't know if it was the Thieves Guild. Well, th- but I will say that Stacy's carrying a mall now because now Stacy's mall has got it going on. Ah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so you leave, the clerics end up leaving um, and uh, following the two of you and Stacy heading downstairs where you don't know. Does Cookie follow? That's a good question. Yeah, Thank what's you. Cookie? What's Cookie doing? <sighs> Who knows? She's still outside the door. <laughs> She's floundering, wandering around. It's like no one wants her we're doing a good job treats that she was trying to pass around. So she's just kind of wandering, but staying kind of close. Yeah. Okay. Um. So back to the back of the collection. Mel and Bear, you two are left with this Alatel with friend and with Rico. Um. Rico is looking a little panicked and um like slightly worse for the wear, and friend is definitely looking agitated. Um. And he has like a brief interaction with Rico before he starts to head over in your direction. How do you two react to Fren? You have like a few moments if you would like to act and do something before Fren starts heading over to you. And you have a few, um, or you could choose to wait and see what happens and react. It's up to you. What is your plan for once Fergus and uh, Morthos leave the room? We're in the front front room. No, we're still in the back we're room. We're in the very back. You're still in the back room. Yeah, you're still back here with the um the two like big pieces of armor. How I, how far away are we from them? Um, they started walking out the door, like being ushered by Stacy and friend and Rico started having a conversation. Well, uh, oh, how far away are you from them? Like they walked into the door and were basically like standing right here. So if 
they were over here having that conversation, you're like 25-ish feet away. And and Bear, do- Bear doesn't know that things are illusions yet. No. Mm-mm. Bella's going to remain chill for now. Okay. I think Bear will like, kind of walk forward to be closer, like be more in the front. Like interposing yourself between like Bella and friend. Where tanks should be. Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so he has a short exchange with Rico, who um, stays like near the door as friend starts to make a few strides over towards you, the three of you. And he says, well, I believe it is unfortunately time to end the tour as there have been some developments that we will need to see too. So if you all follow me out, we should leave now. And he, like, takes a step back and gestures towards the door. Bella. Alatel doesn't actually grab his dagger. He reaches over and he grabs your arm. And he looks at you and he says, come with me. But in very, like, you should come with me kind of way. Yep. I'm going to do that. He (laughs) begins casting a spell. And a dark, smoky, sort of spectral door opens up between the two of you. And um, the, like, the facade appearance of the armor kind of, like, melts away a little bit as all of the Sune iconography, uh, like, melts off. And there's the very obviously emblazoned Syric iconography. And... um, his voice almost changes a little bit as he addresses his friend and says, my patron sends your, sends his regards. <laughs> and he grabs your arm and pulls you through this door with him. Can I grab Bella? Or, I mean, Bear? <laughs> I'm Bella. Myself. Hi. <laughs> can I grab? I'm just going to hug myself as we go. <laughs> you can reach out. Unfortunately, the spell will only allow one person to pass through and you have made an impression. Um... You could try to resist being pulled through. One person nope. addition to himself? Okay. Yeah. It's dimension door. That's fine. Here we go. Sorry. Bye, mm-hmm. Bear. <laughs> so you are yanked into like a dark portal of a spectral door. And um, you find yourself stepping out the other side. And as the darkness fades away, you find yourself in what looks like a storage room. Um, There's no fancy lighting, there's no lines on the floor, but there are cases all around with rings and weapons and armor and candles and all sort of a various accoutrement. Some of the items that you saw out on display are in these cases, and there are additional items as well. And you see the armor uh, and like the shield and everything um, in, in its own sort of like area as well. It looks like far less intended to be display here and more to be storage, but still kind of nice storage. Um, and it seems like you probably have just disappeared through the wall. Like you have basically traveled into the empty space that was over here. Behind the scepter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I don't have anything like actually like out for a display in here because there it's just like literally in like boxes and cases and whatever but you find yourself in this room and you can tell that you're still in the same building because of the um like the, the floor tiles and the wall and everything like that um and you assume that that's the space that you are in 